The Audio Vault on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star is brought to you by AA Best Bail Bonds, 225-2121 or online at mybestbailbonds.com. Joe Reinagel. That's the third time in seven seasons the San Antonio Spurs are the NBA champions. Jason Minutes. They go back to big day as Super Bowl champions. Dallas 52, Buffalo 17. It's the Blitz on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. It is the Blitz here on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. Joe Reinagel on vacation on this Wemby Wednesday. But you can play a pledge. Kind of his thing. Uh, I mean, you, you can certainly do that. It just isn't quite a Wednesday without hearing Joe Reinagel telling us Wemby Wednesday is actually. Boy, that sounds awful through the phone. <laughs> What's up, Minix? Dude, you're on vacation. You're at a beach wearing your wife's beach hat. I had to get a a hump day in there. What do you mean, man? I bought this dude off the street for 20 bucks. You paid $20 for that in Mexico? (laughs) Well, I had to to bargain him down a little bit. It started at 35. Well, you could have kept going. Eventually, that would have been five. (laughs) (laughs) Probably would have. For 20, did it come with three cigars? It's like winning Rome. You know, you got to be a tourist sometimes. Hey, ain't nothing wrong with that. Did the hat at least come with a couple of cigars? No, but, uh, you know, I, I know that rule about us not drinking and being on the air. I have violated that already, so I won't keep you long. Well, <laughs> you know, I'll, do, I'll, I'll be the good friend here. I won't keep you long, although you did volunteer for this. Uh, you know, I again, did. as I said yesterday, you know, shame on people that have football season weddings. Although, if you're having a football season wedding, do it at a destination like Cabo, and you'll get people like Joe Reinagle to go. Well, not only that, Jason, but the wedding's actually on Thursday night. We got a party tonight to go to, kind of a reception. The wedding's tomorrow, so uh, they did it right. If if you have to do it now, they're doing it right. So everybody can be home and, and uh, ready for a little NFL on Sunday. Yeah, exactly. And, and ultimately, that's what really matters, man. Joe, uh, back that's to the exactly. drinking, back to the beach. Give us one more hump day before you go. Hump day! Hump day! Yeah, I, I, I hear Maggie in the background. Put your phone down, Joe. You're on vacation. Yeah, she, she's well. She's like, please stop. Yeah, are, are are you at least in a crowded bar doing that? No, dude. I'm I'm sitting on the beach. The resort. Yeah, the resort we're at actually has its own beach, and so we're uh, we're just chilling here on the beach and having a good time. Are, are there people around you? There are, and they every time I do. Okay. They all look at me. All they realize is you're on a beach in Mexico and you've had too much to drink. And in Cabo, it's what, noon? Uh, yes, it's noon here. Yes, it yeah. is. Yeah, 12.02 okay. we got, in we Cabo. Got, yeah. We got up early today and, uh, you know, the, the yeah, you know what I mean. So. Yeah, I, I got you. I, enjoy hump day down there in Cabo, man. Hey, have, have a great show, Jason. Appreciate you. Joe Reinagel checking in from the beach because it is his favorite day. 
And, and the reality is, I mean, you know, guy's on vacation. He sends you a picture from the beach, and then it's hump day. Uh, this morning, first tweet I got from somebody was uh, hump day from Ryan Engel. Hump day? But it's also a Wemby Wednesday. And now that we're in basketball season, we're in training camp, it really is a Wemby Wednesday. We'll hear from some of the Spurs not named Wemby, talking about a Spur named Wemby a little bit later on in the show. And I do think, you know, there is going to be – a time for this Spurs team. And, you know, like Trey Jones uh, yesterday probably answered 71 questions and 68 of them were about Wemby. And and it's going to be that way <laughs> because of the curiosity factor. It will be that way for Wemby everywhere he goes. Everything is a first in the curiosity factor. And when they don't make Wemby available to the media like they didn't yesterday, the questions are going to be about what did Wemby do in practice today? Uh, what is Wemby doing here? And see, and I think one question that we would all love to see, and my goodness, the Spurs always are trying to figure out ways to make money. Um, wouldn't you love, wouldn't you pay? I, I'd pay, I don't know, nineteen ninety nine, twenty bucks 20 to watch Wemby going one-on-one with Tim Duncan. I would pay for that. I would love to see those guys playing a little one-on-one. We know Tim Duncan was at the facility yesterday, that brand-new $400 million facility. He was at the Rock yesterday. Did he go one-on-one with Wemby? I, I, we don't know. Although Trey Jones said that he we, – we don't have that one? Why don't we have that one, Pledge? Because we've had issues with loading audio. I'm still in the process of loading all the audio. Oh. Well, you know the show starts at 2, right? Should we just push it back to three to well, make sure everybody's ready? I mean, it does say 3.15. Well, yeah, but I mean, it should be ready when the show starts. Well, I should get the rundown earlier to get it in there. Then. Well, you got the rundown before the show started. That's improvement. If it you, is. You, you know what I mean? <laughs> but you also knew knew that it was coming. All right, so you won't hear from Trey Jones now. We'll, we'll hear from Trey Jones a little bit later on. Uh, can we hear from Mike McCarthy? Is Mike McCarthy ready to go? Um, because not only, you know... The idea is that, you know, a big week is the Spurs Open training camp. You've got the Red River rivalry, Texas OU. You've got Alabama coming to the great state of Texas this week to take on the Yankees. And then on Sunday night, you got the Cowboys and Niners. And what I do appreciate is the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys fully admitting this is not just another game. Uh, I think it's like anything. You always want to be in balance. You know, I mean, it's obviously it's an important game. You know, you understand the history. I um, mean, there's obviously a lot of tradition uh, with this with this with this game. So, I mean, it's all part of it. Uh, you live, you live, you know, you live to play these kind of games. Uh, you dream about these kind of games. So, you don't want to make it bigger than it is. Uh, but you know, it's it's just not. It's just you know, the reality is, it's not just another game. I, I love hearing that from Mike McCarthy. Because Mike McCarthy knows this is not just another game. Sunday night football, Cowboys, Niners, the history of these two franchises. I am glad we're not getting the lip service that it's just the next game on the schedule. Don't make it bigger than what it is. Now, when the game is over, I think both teams are going to say, it, you know, can't make it bigger than what it is. It is a regular season game early in October. It's week five of the NFL season. Chances of these two teams meeting somewhere in the playoffs, whether it's in the second round or the NFC Championship game, they are high. Yes, I said Cowboys and NFC Championship game with a straight face. But the reality is, you look around the NFC, and these are two of the best teams in the NFC. 
They've met in the playoffs the last two years. We know the history. San Francisco has won both of them. Dak Prescott, can he get it done? Uh, can the defense slow down that San Francisco offense? And if you talk to San Francisco types, if you listen in on San Francisco Sports Radio, they're saying the exact same things. They've got to shut down Dak Prescott and the Cowboys' weapons. You know, if you take away one, what about the other one? What about this one? You know, it's you know, it's easy to say, well, if the Cowboys take away Christian McCaffrey, you've got Debo and you got Ayuk and you got Kittle. Same thing with the Dallas Cowboys on paper. These are so evenly matched teams. The crazy thing is, when you look at the San Francisco 49ers and what they have done this year, the, the points they have scored in every game, and, that, and that's where you say, all right, is this a DAC game or is this a defensive game? This is one of those games where you say, all right, this is the uh, complementary football because both sides are, are so evenly matched. Yet the 49ers, on the season through four games, have trailed for less than two minutes all year. A minute 45, week two against the Rams. I mean, that, that is an insane stat. That is an insane stat. Both of these teams are built to play with a lead. And we saw what happened when the Cowboys don't have the lead early against Arizona. Both of these teams are so evenly, uh, seemingly matched up on paper, edge to San Francisco for sure, but can Dallas go in there and get a win? Yeah, they can. Uh, will they? Uh, I think you know, offensively that's going to come down to Dak Prescott. And does Dak Prescott turn the ball over a bunch of times? Uh, he can't do that. I mean, he's thrown one interception in four games. He had to get zero credit for that. You know, Part of it is the new West Coast offense. It's not that Dak is you know, playing differently or that they're afraid, they don't trust Dak, they don't want to put him in situations. With the principles of the West Coast offense, it is quicker passes, and the check down Dak is using. Is that a bailout? You know, I look at a guy like Tony Pollard, and what do we say? Get the guy in space. You do that on a check down, and you've got a chance at an explosive play. It's going to be interesting to see how it ultimately plays out. Big heavyweight match on Sunday night football in a game, obviously, you'll be able to listen to it here on 94.1 at San Antonio Sports Star, your home for the Dallas Cowboys. That broadcast on Sunday night uh, gets going underway with the pregame show at 6. Kickoff is at 7.20, presented by AA Best Bail Bonds, Mother's Window Tent, Woods Comfort Systems, Ewald Kubota, and the law office of Jesse Hernandez. And then you get a heavyweight match on Saturday morning. Game day in Dallas at the State Fair. I imagine you'll see a lot of corn dogs on the set with Pat McAfee. And you got to figure out what's the best corn dog. Is it McAfee or is it from Fletcher's? Either way, they're going to take something fried up there that you didn't think was friable, and they're going to have it there at the State Fair. Texas OU, you talk about a heavyweight matchup. We'll talk about it next here on The Blitz on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. Thursday on r in the morning, we got Bears and Commanders. Sorry about that. Bears, just do what you do. Keep on a losing. Also, it is Spurs week. They got that scrimmage coming up Saturday. You going to the scrimmage or are you going to stay home and watch the OU Texas game? And it's the quarter way through the NFL season. Who's the biggest disappointments? Who's the shocker? MVPs. We discuss it all at 6. Now, back to the Blitz or is it just Jason? What is it? I don't know. Have a great show, Jason. Hang in there, buddy. Appreciate you, brother, man. It's still the Blitz. Ryan Eagle's on a beach. I'm at work. 
not bad, but I'm here with James Pledger. He's just on the other side of the glass. Frank Harris, UTSA's quarterback. He'll be here in a bit. We'll talk with Frank coming up at 2.30 here on the Blitz. 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. You know, last week in our uh, picks, our, our Blitz Prime picks, boy, I had a hell of a week. I went 8-2. and two. It was a good week. I, I, I went eight and two. It was, it was a good week. I congratulate you on social media. I, I, I saw that. I saw that because I know you were salty about that. No. Um, well, look, any it, anytime there's competition. Still beating Joe. As long as everybody beats Joe, which has proven to be pretty easy to do, right? You, you want a beer bet? I, I mean, we've kind of stopped that because, you know, Joe owes me, I don't know, how much beer? A fridge. Yeah, uh, and I have a beer fridge. Problem is, I don't have, my wife does a good job of always making sure there's beer in the fridge. So, I appreciate that. So does that. Joe. And, and Joe does a good job of making sure there's always beer in my beer fridge. Uh, because anytime you, you need something, just make a bet, you're going to win. Because he'll, he'll bet on anything, whether he knows about it or not. Is he the new Rob? You know. Only he pays. Well, that's it. I, 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 I'm glad you said that, because I was trying to figure the... The um, friendly way to say Rob owes us from Prime Picks four Tomahawk steak dinners. He's yet to pay off on any of them. He always came in dead last. But unlike Rob, Rob's very careful on bets he will make. Joe Ryanaga will make a bet on anything, whether he's done any research or not. And it's taking candy from a baby. You remember on the Flintstones when Fred would get like I really don't know. But but I'm with you. I'm 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 that way. Yeah. I mean that that that's Joe. I I you know it is part of the process when you're trying to become the co host on the Blitz. I do try to pick no I'm kidding. But it looks that way, doesn't it? The the trend is only let people in the room that I know I can uh, win bets on. That that's not necessarily true, because most think they're going to win. They you were just... worried about Notre Dame though at the Rupub. I was worried about Notre Dame at at the Rupub until Riley Leonard. Well, ankle I mean, blew I mean up. that that's it. But I mean that that one went down to the wire. I did not expect that to be that kind of a game after Notre Dame's game against um, Ohio State. You know, I, I'm all in on what Oregon State was doing. All you guys thought I was nuts. Um, you know, and, and I, I go eight and two last week. And part of that is, you know, I thought Pittsburgh was going to show up. Uh, Houston is making it very difficult to pick against. I would not be surprised right now when I look at the Texans to see them win their next couple of games going into the bye week. I mean, they might have their projected win total by the bye week, which didn't seem possible early on, especially after that season opener against the Baltimore Ravens. Speaking of our picks, go to sasportstar.com on this Wednesday because, boy, we've we've been, um, I don't know what we did wrong. You know, today we got the nationwide alert, and tomorrow we have Bears in Washington on Thursday night football. A lot of bad ideas made by suits. But when you look at it, go to sasportstar.com, our A Awesome Tickets uh, uh, picks, Weekly winners get that $50 gift card to Five Oaks Ace Hardware. At the end of the year, the overall winner that does not work for this radio station gets $1,000 worth of tickets from A Awesome Tickets. And when you look at the leaderboard right now, James Pledger tied for first. I'm tied for second. 
uh, I, I, you guys have me by a game, and for the life of me, I can just look at Pittsburgh and say that's got to be the difference. Because I know I had the Steelers in all of my business last week, which was bad on some parlays. Um, I just expected so much more out of that Steelers defense in that game. This week's going to be very interesting because, yes, I'm going to pick Texas against Oklahoma. But this Texas-Oklahoma game might be one of the better Texas OU games that we have seen in years. And I mean years. I mean, last year it was great. Texas won 49 to nothing. It was great for the Longhorns. But it wasn't a great football game. But as a Longhorn fan, it was great to see. It's 222 and OU still sucks. But when you start diving in and looking at this Oklahoma football team, not only are they great offensively, they're great defensively. I mean, it's been a long time since both teams came into this game undefeated and ranked. But you look at Oklahoma, they've only allowed 54 points total all season long. That's the fewest through uh, uh, five games allowed by a Big 12 team since 2009. Texas's defense has given up a grand total of 64 points on the season. They haven't done that through five games since 2008. You know, only the third time, the third time in the long history of Texas OU that each team comes into the game 5-0. It happened in 2002. Oklahoma won that game at 35-24. Happened again in 2008. Texas won that one at 45-35. But you start looking at the way OU can score and the way Texas can score. And the way these two teams play defense, I don't know if we're going to have a 17-13 kind of game or a 45-35 kind of game. What's going to give? Now, if you're Texas, I'm thinking it needs to be a lower-scoring game for the Longhorns to walk out of there with that hat. I I really do. Because of Texas's slow start problem, which through five games, I think you can call that a problem. We know they'll finish strong. But you you go back to the Alabama game at Alabama. I think it's going to be one of those kind of games, except OU actually has a competent quarterback that can play. And the quarterback that the Aggies are going to face, while it's the same dude, it's a completely different dude than the quarterback that UT played. Because I think he has grown up quite a bit uh, since then. And they have figured some things out down there at Alabama. But when you look at Texas OU coming up this weekend, um, Oklahoma, they're not giving up a lot of points all year, and they're averaging 47 points a game. I mean, that's third best in FBS football. I mean, they can score. That Gabriel kid can pass. But I like that Texas seems to have found a running back, and they're going with it. I, I like Jonathan Brooks is getting the bulk of the work. No running back by committee like they were doing early. They have found their guy, and they are riding him. And what do you have? About 220 against Kansas. Uh, Quinn Ewers scoring with his legs against Kansas, which I didn't expect. But Quinn Ewers has to be on. But it's got to be that balance. And I think I think UT can ride Jonathan Brooks, milk the clock, as long as they're ending those drives with touchdowns. You know, I, I, I hope that Auburn kid got his misses out against Kansas because you can't miss against Oklahoma if you've got an opportunity for a field goal. But I, 11 a.m. on Sunday, 
wherever you are in front of a TV. Uh, that's going to be one of those kind of games that is is incredible. And, and you know, I don't know where some of these stat geeks come up with numbers. I mean, I do, but the the research that they could spend time doing that. Since 1955, Texas and Oklahoma, the series record, you ready for this? 33, 33, and 3 since 1955. So some guy got out a calculator and went, all right, looking at the overall record, it's this. But let's. what's it been since here? What's it been since here? Where, where can we just put threes across the board? And as long as we don't see a lot of threes, I don't want to see a lot of field goals. Those are the only threes I want to see when they're talking about this game, especially when it comes to Texas. They've got to be able to finish in the end zone. Um, I, I have confidence in that college kicker as much as you can have in a college kicker. I don't know how much confidence Sark has in that kicker. What's his first name? I know Auburn's his last name. Uh, what's his name? Huh? Pledge? Don't mouth things to me. Use a damn microphone. I think it's Brandon Auburn? Whatever his name is. Uh, Auburn. Uh, the Cowboys kicker's name, Aubrey, isn't it? That's the Cowboys kicker. And I don't really want to know who the kicker is, to be quite frank. But he wasn't good against Kansas, and Sark even talked about it in one of those uh, Burt. Auburn is his name. Only the only thing great about seeing him is they put that mugshot up on the screen with all that hair. Uh, him without a helmet, uh, that kid's gonna get carded till he's fifty. Um, it doesn't even look real. But uh, you, you look at Bert Auburn struggling last week. How confident is Sark in his kick abilities going in uh, this week against Oklahoma? It, it's gonna be a good game. But if you haven't been paying attention to Oklahoma, don't think it's going to be like last year. Gabriel's legit. They've got weapons. I just did not realize until I started diving into what they were doing just how good Oklahoma was playing on the defensive side of the ball. Nobody is moving the ball against them. Not a lot of teams are scoring against them. Texas and Brooks have to be there. Yes, uh, Texas has had a much tougher schedule, says Miguel Martinez on our YouTube channel. And, and I, you've got to factor that in as well. I think anytime you have Alabama on your schedule early, especially a road game at Alabama, you get a win. That is something that the playoff committee is going to look at and take into consideration. That's a good quality win for the Texas Longhorns. And yes, they have had a much tougher schedule than Oklahoma. And the winner of this game looks like somebody that could actually run the table in the Big 12 yeah, and because it's the Big 12 schedule. It, it is what it is, right? And you know that that Big 12 commissioner sitting up there in his ivory tower is going to be, you know, no matter what he says publicly, this is the last Red River rivalry of the Big 12 era. I mean, we know the series is going to continue as both teams move into the SEC, but this is the last time the Big 12 gets to cash the check off of Texas and OU. And it's going to be, should be, one of the better Red River shootouts, because that's what I like to say, that we've seen in a long time. I mean, they've had some great games in the past, and unfortunately some really lopsided games in the past. I don't think that's what we're going to get on Sunday. And if it's lopsided in the favor of the Texas Longhorns, 
Joe Tessitore is going to be all over the place, even if he's not on the call, telling us Texas is really back this time. Because if Texas goes in there and destroys Oklahoma, and I don't think they will, uh, Tess is finally going to be right. Texas is back, folks! It, it might actually finally happen. It, it's a possibility. It is a possibility. Is Frank Harris back for the UTSA Roadrunners? UTSA's a long time at quarterback. Frank Harris is the Roadrunners get ready to travel to Philadelphia to take on Temple in the opener of the AAC. Uh, he joins us next here on the Blitz on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. Yeah. 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 Gone on you with the pick and roll. Young Flame here in sickle mode. Back here on the Blitz here on 94.1 at San Antonio Sports Star. Joe Reinagle on vacation. I'm Jason Minix, but joined now by UTSA quarterback Frank Harrison. And Frank, I mean, I watched you walk in. You're looking pretty good. How, how, how are you feeling? Everybody wants to know as you guys get ready to take on Temple. <laughs> yes, sir. Uh, appreciate y'all having me. Um, I'm definitely feeling a lot better. And I'm um, just getting better each and every day, and I'm just excited to, to keep going through that process. I, I think about everything that you have gone through, and and I've been broadcasting, talking about you, it feels like, for a decade. I mean, <laughs> you, you go back to high school, you know, that 2015 playoff game against Johnson, you single-handedly <laughs> won that game, and your senior year you get hurt, and you've dealt with injuries. Does that make it easier to deal with an injury like what you're going through right now, missing that game at Tennessee? You know, it's never easy going through injury. You always want to go out there and play football. And like you said, I missed so much football through my whole playing career. It's just frustrating that something like a toe could take you out for so long. <laughs> um, but, I mean, God does everything for a reason. And like you said, going back, I've been dealing with it my whole life uh, that, you know, toe is not that big of a deal. So um, it's much easier to, to fight through and not getting your head about. You think about a toe, right? <laughs> I remember back in the day I used to, on the radio, give Deion Sanders so much crap when he played for the Cowboys for missing games because of turf toe. And then I broke a toe one time. And you realize just how no important doubt. that is. I remember my dog would walk by, I'd be in the recliner, and the dog's tail would hit my toe, and I'd come out of the chair. No so, doubt. I, I mean, who would have thought <laughs> that the toe would no be doubt. that, right? No doubt, for sure. But, you know, here you are feeling feeling better. I know when we talked to Jeff Trailer on Monday, as we do every Monday here on the Blitz, uh, he said game time decision, but, you know, this week in practice, working all all of the quarterbacks in there, but the anticipation is we'll see you on, on the field at Lincoln Financial Field. Well, for sure. You know, I want to go out there and play. I was trying to play the last couple games. Um, that was actually the coach's decision. He didn't want to put me out there, but at the end of the day, coach has the best um, head for you. He doesn't want you to go out there and injure yourself even more. So uh, um, I've been practicing last week, and I practiced this week as well, but coach said if I limped, at any point in time during practice or, or pregame that I wasn't playing. So um, I'm going to be a game time decision. Hopefully I don't limp uh, and I go out there and play. All right. So uh, now for the record, Jeff Trailer, no limp walking in. <laughs> uh, none. Um, do you consciously think about that? When you when you see Coach Trailer, like is is almost like you know you know when you're doing something in a you know go back to high school you know your your parents walk in the room or or you know <laughs> something like that. I mean, are you conscious of I can't limp in front of the coach? Well, I told him I'm like honestly, without even being injured or hurt, I always I already walk bad, so I already got a natural limp. So I told Coach that, and he already knows. So he's trying to differentiate what is me being hurt and what my regular walk is. 
Uh, so I think that kind of helps me out as well. He knows your regular walk. It's it ain't normal. It's so not when, normal. When, 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 it, when it's when it's less than normal, exactly. normal, uh, I, I think it's recognizable. Now, I, the relationship that it seems like you have with Coach Trailer is seemingly a little deeper and maybe even more special than most player coach relationships. Is that just the longevity that you've had with him at, at this point, or just the two people you guys are just perfect for each other? I think it's a little bit of both. He always talks about trust is truth over time. Um, he's a trustworthy guy. He's a man of his word. He knows I am as well. So I just respect him a ton. He respects me a ton. He's been around him for so long. Um, he's kind of just like a father figure slash kind of an uncle and kind of talk to him about whatever. Um, but he, he's older as well. So he's like a father figure as well. He's always there for, for me and my teammates, for whatever we need. Um, talk about life. Always gives us wisdom. Each and every team meeting, he drops some knowledge on us. Um, to help us in the real world, and it, which just means a lot to us that he's preparing us for the real world and, and becoming a man. And, and as we visit with Frank Harris here on the Blitz on ninety four one San Antonio Sports Star, when it is a coach's decision, how difficult is that for you as a player, or maybe for him as a coach? Like at the Tennessee game, I imagine you wanted to go out there and play in that big SEC stadium yeah. in front of a hundred thousand people. Um, and if that was a game time decision, you were preparing all week to go play and then to be told no. What yeah. is that like? Oh, uh, well, honestly, he didn't want me to finish the game versus Texas State. Uh, like I said, he has the best interest for you. Um, but when results came back during that time on my x rays that it was negative, nothing was wrong. Um, but he did not want me to go out there and play. I finished the game and, uh, he called me in Sunday night and was like, you're not playing these next couple games. I'm like, what do you mean you're not playing? He's like, you're not playing. I'm like, why? He's like, I'm not putting you out there if you're not ready. And you're not ready because you're limping. Um, I actually want to play against Army really bad. Uh, you know, uh, Max Domenico, I grew up with him since he was a little kid. And, you know, we've been anticipating this game for a long time. And it's unfortunate I wasn't able to play that game. And, you know, I didn't play the Tennessee game as well. I wanted to play against SEC school. It been very exciting. Um, but like I said, I know at the end of the day he has my best interest, so I just got to listen to him. He's going to take care of me. And, I mean, if it was up to me, I, I probably would never miss a game in my life. But – um, probably in the long term, I probably wouldn't be beneficial. So whatever Coach says goes, and I respect him, and I know he's going to look out for me. Let's go back to Texas State because it looked bad. I mean, I was there. <laughs> it, it looked bad, and and I felt so bad for you. And then to watch you come back out and you your mobility. I mean, you, you could barely walk out there. <laughs> Where does that inner drive come from just to go out there and fight through whatever it is you were fighting through? Because I imagine, you know, the pain was there, but then also trying to play, knowing you couldn't play the way Frank Harris plays. You know, I just could let my teammates down. I mean, I love those guys. Um, I have all the faith in those guys. They have all the faith in me. And I just felt like uh, a toe. I'm not going to go out because of a toe. And, you know, when it happened, it didn't initially hurt as bad that when I came back in, you know, the first play and I went back down. Um, that's when I knew something was wrong. It hurt pretty bad. But I went in during halftime, got a shot up, um, and tried to go out there the best that I could. Um, coaches asked me if I could run the ball. I'm like, just call the plays. We're going to figure it out on the fly. So uh, he caught a couple nakeds. Uh, he caught a couple run plays. Um, didn't really run as well as I wanted to, but I was like, just call the playbook like you want to call it, and I'll figure it out somehow, some way. And, that's what we did, and we come out victorious. So I just got to give credit to him and the coaching staff for just letting him go out there and play. And it was such an incredible win, right? Yeah, it was. And, and, and right now, this season, 
hasn't gone the way many thought it would over the last couple of years. And I think about, you know, what you and your teammates have done winning back-to-back Conference USA championships and really taking UTSA football to a level that, quite honestly, when they started the program, we didn't think we would see as fans in the community, as sports media types, for another 10, 15, 20 years, if ever. No doubt. I mean, when you sit back, do you, have you allowed yourself to sit back and say, that was a big part of that? Uh, not yet. I feel like I'm still in the moment. I'm still part of the program, still part of this team. Still trying to go out there and make history. So uh, probably after this season, I'll probably sit back and, and look back and, and think of all the crazy memories that, you know, we had at UTSA and what we did for the city and for the program. And uh, it'll probably mean a lot. But honestly, for myself, I don't look at myself like that. So when I hear people talk about me or UTSA, um, it kind of just blows me away because I just feel like I'm a normal person. Um, that just plays football, and it's just normal when football is over with. So um, just getting the love and support from the city of San Antonio and how they love you know, UTSA football as a whole, it definitely means a lot for us, and we don't take it lightly. You know, I think a big part of that is you and your personality, always smiling. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, you could run for mayor right now. <laughs> I, I was at an event with you a couple weeks ago with the Salvation Army, and I think you probably took more pictures than, I don't know, the guy that plays for the Spurs. <laughs> Oh, killed it. <laughs> yeah, I, oh, killed it. I wasn't going to throw him play, but yeah, I mean, I, no, I, you he's, know. he's definitely bigger than me. I, I mean, I, well, I mean, but but honestly, I think you 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 took more pictures. Uh, you, you know, more people wanted to to talk to you, and it, well, you were wearing a boot too. So I think there was a curiosity <laughs> factor. But but I think you know you're at, you're at that level with a spur. I, I'm not going to go Wemby, but I think outside <laughs> of Wemby, you're probably that right there. Yeah, it's just, it, it's pretty special. Uh, it's just crazy, you know, to to actually get that kind of support. Because, um, like I said, I don't see myself like that. And then the Spurs, they're, you know, professional team, and just getting love like that um, at a college program level, is it just means a lot. And I uh, definitely cherish those moments. Frank Harris joining us here on the Blitz here on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. Opening conference play on the road at Temple. It's the AAC. And I think about, you know, you've been there at UTSA, what now, 28 years? 20, <laughs> no, no. It, it feels that way at times, no I doubt. imagine. Even for you, I mean, 16 master's degrees is impressive. <laughs> but when you, when you look at it and you think about the AAC, where this program was when you got to campus and where it is now, how cool is it? to know you're playing uh, the first-ever AAC game. Yeah, it's like a nine-day difference. You know, when I first got there, um, I think we won six games. The season after that, I think we won maybe four. season after that, maybe four games as well. So, you know, we had losing season, losing records. Um, just to see us where we are now, you know, two back-to-back conference championship means a lot. And then moving to another conference um, is such a short notice with the program. We haven't been there that long. Uh, it just means a lot that this program could keep, going, keep on building up and just the love and support from the city. Uh, we definitely feed off of it, and it helps us keep growing. Well, and the idea that y- you guys belong in that conversation and have worked your way faster than most thought into that conversation. You're playing a Temple team uh, this weekend, Saturday, in Philadelphia that's been around playing football for a long time, playing at Lincoln Financial Field, so you get to play at an NFL stadium. Yeah. Uh, second time in UTSA's history that they've done that. Is there an is there still an awe factor when you walk out onto a football field uh, with as many games that you have under your belt? Uh, is that still kind of cool? Like, hey man, it's Lincoln Financial Field. No doubt. I mean, you got to cherish the moment. Um, you can't let it go by you. So, you know, but against Texas, I mean, that was a crazy feeling. I went out there. Um, I mean, it was unbelievable the amount of people that was there um, to come watch us play. I mean, it's kind of spectacular that it, it means that much to them. 
Um, that was pretty cool, and I definitely gonna cherish this moment as well. We go out there playing in the NFL stadium, gonna walk out there and kind of just look around, um, just embrace the moment. I mean, football is just a game, so you gotta have fun with it. Uh, and then you know, one of these days, I'll probably look back and say, you know, I played at a Philadelphia Stadium. Um, so I gotta just cherish those moments when I'm there. All right, so it's a business trip, but it is Philadelphia. You got to get yourself a cheesesteak. Oh, 100 percent. I'm well, definitely getting cheesesteak. Right. So you got to learn the vernacular, the the, the terminology, because. I know Jeff Trailer told us a story on Monday about when he was up there watching his kid coach the Saints against the Eagles, and he didn't know what he wanted, and he asked. And you just don't do that in Philadelphia. That's Coach Trailer for you. <laughs> well, it's exactly right. <laughs> um, uh, with cheese, with or, or, or without cheese, for sure. Uh, absolutely, and and you got to say it with 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 cheese whiz. Now, everybody's going to want to go to Geno's and Pat's. Okay, that that's touristy. Okay. Uh, that that's like. You know, somebody comes to San Antonio for the first time, and you say, man, there's good Mexican food on the Riverwalk, right? Yep. You, you know that ain't true. <laughs> uh, I mean, it, it ain't bad, but it's really expensive no rice and beans. I mean, there's no so doubt. many better places no doubt. To, to go. Uh, in South Philly, I'm not sure where you guys are staying, but probably somewhere close to the stadium we in South, South Philly, uh, there's a place called Ishka Bibbles. Ooh, that's tough. Ishka Bibbles. Ishka Bibbles. You got to take me that one. <laughs> yeah, well, I'll, I'll text it to you, but I mean, you start, just start with ish and it will populate. All right, cool. Or And I don't think you'll be close enough to go to the Reading Terminal, but there's some really cool places in there. Just when somebody says go to Geno's and Pat's, if you're allowed out, because uh, I know the rules when you guys are traveling, yep. the coaches' rules, right? They the don't want you to, no to go out. Everybody wants to go get their picture at Geno's and Pat's. I get that, but that, that can't be your cheesesteak experience. All right. I'm going to trust you on yeah, yeah, tr- I won't steer you wrong when it comes to food <laughs> and places like that. It's it's uh, going to be cool for you guys to go get that first yep. uh, win in the American. Then the, the following week, finally back home with that UAB home game. It feels like it's been a while since yeah, you guys man. have been in It'll the be dome. Three weeks. Has it only been three weeks? Yeah, Tennessee uh, bye week, and then Temple, and then we're back home. Yeah, see, it's because they had that Friday game. Oh, yeah, see, true. I'm not a fan of Friday games because no that's sacred for high school football. <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean? So, no yeah, I'll go back, you know. So, yeah, it, it's good times. Frank, man, I'm so happy for you. I appreciate I'm glad that. I'm glad you're healthier. Uh, officially a game time decision for, for, for Saturday. Yes, sir. But if I know you, you're not going to limp at all. No, I'm definitely not going to limp. Um, so I'm just going to put all the faith in Coach, um, and he's going to make that decision. Um, but I think I'll be fine. Frank Harris here on the Blitz. Appreciate you stopping by, my friend. No doubt. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. Frank Harris, no limp as he walks out, which is very important to see. Wearing uh, Crocs, you know, he's good, hopefully. I think it's interesting. Appreciate you, man. Um, If you limp, you're not playing. To be self-conscious to make sure you're not trying to limp. I think if I was trying not to limp, I would end up limping thinking about it too much. Tough kid. Uh, proud of what Frank has done. I've known him for so long, watching him play for so long. Um, and, you know, people ask me with all the high school football stuff that we do, you know, probably, not probably, the, the best quarterback I've seen at the high school level was Johnny Manziel and what he did at Kerrville Tyvee. But there are games and there are plays that you just never forget. And that Clemens team in 2015 what the what what Frank and his Clemens Buffaloes did to Johnson in the fourth quarter of that game. I mean, Johnson was on to this next round. They were going to win that game, and Frank just wouldn't be denied. And he's been that way out at, at UTSA. You think about the Texas State game. I'm not going to let a toe take me out. 
and I don't know how I'm going to do this. Just call the offense. I'll make it work. There's just something in his brain that's different than so many others. Incredible, incredible. And again, on the road this week against Temple. Then they're back next Saturday, a 7 o'clock game in the Alamo Dome against UAB. And I like that it's at 7 o'clock because, you know, you can spend a lot of hours in that parking lot in the Alamo Dome tailgating, and fans will. And then you go into a 7 o'clock game. That's going to be a big, big game because it has been a while since they have played in the Alamo Dome. And again, this weekend, um, Gino Domenico, Max's father, Max, who uh, plays for Army. My man Frank's been walking with a limp since high school. He has. See, that's the thing. You watch, you watch Frank, if you've never seen him walk, and you would wonder what's wrong with him. Uh, I mean, the guy walks like he's got three bad knees, four bad feet, and neither hamstring works. That's Frank's normal walk. Problem is, Coach Trailer knows that normal walk, so if there is a deviation from the ugly walk already, you're going to know. I mean, you ever see a car going down the highway that definitely uh, needs one air with tire, one is a donut, and the other two are oversized? That's how Frank walks when you see a car like that going down the down the school. And again, it's not a knock on Frank. That's just his natural, normal walk. It's the way it goes. I hope he gets to play uh, in a Saturday, and, and and he's consciously walking without a limp. But I, I think I think sitting out last week, as much as well, two weeks ago, because last week was the bye. But missing the Tennessee game, as much as you know that sucked for Frank, that's better for Frank in the long run, and better for the UTSA Roadrunners. Because conference play begins this week, and the idea of getting a third straight conference championship, uh, get to a nice bowl game, finally get that bowl win, which is the only thing left for this program to do and for Frank to do his last opportunity, get a bowl win. That's the goal right now for UTSA, and all those goals are right there in front of them. Appreciate Frank Harris for stopping by here on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. Uh, James Pledger producing, uh, I, I might need some help with this. We've got, we're giving away a $50 gift card to McDonald's right now, right? Kinda. Well, what do we mean kinda? We are or we're not? I mean, we are. All right, we're giving away a $50 gift card, but it's brought to you by Marvel Studios' Loki Season 2. The God of Mischief is back with six new episodes on Disney Plus streaming October 5th, which is tomorrow. Mm-hmm. What does that mean? Uh, season 2 of Loki is I don't know far, what, what what was season 1 of Loki. What, so Loki in the, in the Marvel world, this is a big deal. This is a huge deal. Uh, this is why you've cleared out on your calendar thing. tomorrow night, right? Because you're going you're gonna to kill all six episodes tomorrow. Uh, they drop it week by week, so oh, probably not. They do that. So you're going to get one in tomorrow. Yeah. Like, like it's a sign. Like I saw you put it on your calendar. Do not bother me when I get home because I'm all in on Loki. Yeah. It's probably going to be what I do before I watch uh, Thursday Night Football tomorrow. I think it's a better option than watching Thursday Night Football because Bears and Washington might make you turn your head and look for something else to watch. And and you could do that. And, and then you get the new McDonald's Loki meal, which is a James Pledger. It looks like James actually put this together for the Loki people. I may have The had Loki some meal at McDonald's that is featured in Season 2 includes your choice of a 10-piece Chicken McNuggets, Quarter Pounder with Cheese, or Big Mac sandwich paired with medium fries, a medium soft drink, and sweet and sour sauce. It's not your average sweet and sour sauce, though it features branding inspired by the second season of the Marvel Studio show Loki.
right? So, I mean, you, you have that. That's a big deal. And we get, we've get we got a $50 gift card for you right now uh, from our friends from uh, Loki Season 2 on Disney+. Plus. We'll give away that $50 gift card right now. I was going to say in honor of Frank Harrison, number zero, but I can't take a caller zero. So let's go with caller number 12. 210-656-ESPN, 656-3776, caller 12. you win that $50 gift card to McDonald's to make sure you watch Loki Season 2 on Disney+. Plus. Let's talk UT, Oklahoma, the Red River rivalry. Bob Ballou from KI Television joins us next here on The Blitz. Joe Reinagle. That's the third time in seven seasons. The San Antonio Spurs are the NBA champions. Jason Minnick. They go back to big day as Super Bowl champions. Dallas 52, Buffalo 17. It's the Blitz on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. Guess what day it is. It's a Wemby Wednesday. Home day. It's a Wemby Wednesday. Victor Wabamama. A Wemby Wednesday. And through all of that, Josh Young gets a triple, an RBI triple, as he got one to drop in past a diving outfielder for Tampa Bay. They're either going to call that a a double, and then he advances to third on the throw, maybe a triple. I'm not sure how they're officially going to score it, but it is an RBI for the Mac grad as the Rangers extend their lead now 2-0 over Tampa Bay in the fourth inning, two outs. Uh, the Rangers just play so different with Josh Young back in. I mean, they were a different team when he was out on the IR, uh, playing so much better. And, of course, that game over on AM 1250, we just get a home run. We did. I didn't even see who was at the plate. Was that Carter that was at the plate? Hit a two-run shot. Now 4 nothing for the Texas Rangers. I turn away from the TV for a minute, and I see Pledge start to dance. But with James, you never know. Is that a home run, or it's just a day that ends in Y? Um, big inning here with two outs for the Texas Rangers as they look to sweep Tampa Bay in Tampa Bay. Let's talk about that a little bit more here in the Headline Blitz. This is Jason and Joe's Headline Blitz. Two guys, two opinions, never enough time. You know, as you look at the Headline Blitz, you think about the Texas Rangers on the road here for the uh, wild card because they didn't get it done during the regular season. But playing good baseball, at least in this series against Tampa Bay. And we joked about it some yesterday here on the Blitz that it didn't feel like anybody got off work to go to that game in Tampa Bay. But you think about the retirement community that St. Pete is. Why were not more people there? And the announced crowd was 19,704 people. The lowest since 1919 which is ridiculous when you think about it that way. 1919. That's the lowest, not for Tampa Bay, but for a Major League Baseball postseason game. Other than, you know, like during the pandemic. That's insane. And it doesn't look like that many more people showed up today for Tampa Bay. Kind of crazy. Um, the NCAA Division One Council, they're, they're making changes to the college football or college athletics portal window. <clears throat> and it is all sports, but with the focus on football, at least for this right now, the transfer window 
has been reduced from 60 days to 45 days in all sports. The only thing I don't like is there are still two windows. Players previously had a 45-day window, window in football anyway, beginning the day after the college football playoff field was announced and then a 15-day window uh, in mid-April, coinciding with spring practice. With the new rules, the window right after the conclusion of the season will last only 30 days and a second window in the spring that will be a 15-day window. It's an improvement, I suppose, but talking with and reading about what a lot of coaches are saying, I think they were hoping the portal window would not only be a shorter window, but only one. You got one opportunity, <coughs> and there are still two windows. Now, you look at a lot of teams out there that are playing properly by the new set of rules. Colorado is probably the most famous and gets the most headlines for doing it. You look up the road in San Marcos there at Texas State and what G.J. Kinney has done. You know, they are certainly taking advantage of the portal window. You know, Jeff Trailer at UTSA has taken advantage of it. Hell, uh, UIW has. But when you talk to these coaches, the, the idea of the portal window being what it is and being with two is – for coaches, you get you get no time off, and the stress that you're always recruiting, not just your guys, but the other guys, and now you're recruiting the portal as well, and it's in all the different sports. So I guess going from uh, 60 days to 45 is an improvement in both of those windows, but I think a lot of coaches were hoping that it would end up with one portal period per sport, but still with two, uh, something to keep an eye on. Um I don't know if you guys have noticed, but Taylor Swift has been at a couple NFL games. She's dating a tight end for the Kansas City Chiefs. His name is Travis Kelsey. And the coverage is overwhelming. I mean, and too much. And I realize for a certain fan base that probably isn't you and it's not really me, it's good for the NFL and it's good for business. But it's it's too much for those of us that just want to watch a football game. It's cool when they show a celebrity here, they show a celebrity there, and, and then you move on. But the constant about Taylor Swift and the Swifties what was too much. You know, that ESPN uh, Jeff Darlington story from the Buffalo airport where he was buying shots on on every fifth sighting of Taylor Swift during the game is hilarious because it is it, it is a drinking game. An easy one, although you got to be careful with what you're drinking because you're not going to make it through the first quarter. In Jeff Darlington's case, some dude got sick. They had to delay a flight. Travis Kelsey does a great podcast with his brother, Jason Kelsey of the Eagles. And Jason Kelsey, the uh, great interviewer that he is, was talking to his brother Travis on their podcast about the Taylor Swift coverage and even Travis Kelsey thinks it's way over the top. Is the NFL overdoing it? What is your honest opinion? Not I think, take away. I think everybody's just like overwhelmed. Your feelings with... for Taylor. What is your honest opinion <laughs> on how the NFL is treating uh, celebrities at games? I think it's fun when they show uh, who all is at the game. You know, I think. Uh... I think it brings a little bit more to the atmosphere, brings a little bit more to, to what you're watching. Um, 
but at the same time, I think uh, they're overdoing it. They're they're overdoing it a little bit for sure, especially my situation. Right. I think they're they're just trying to have fun with it, and um, a lot Here's of uh, a lot of the people watching. Go ahead, let's hear it. I just think the NFL is not used to celebrities coming to the games. Like basketball has to figure it out. They're all courtside. They're sitting there. They show them once or twice, and then and then they but they get back to the game. NFL is like, oh, look at all these A-list celebrities in the game. Keep showing them, show them, show them, show them. Dude, listen, you show them once, let them know they're there. Maybe after a touchdown, you get a little clip, but it, you can't, you can't be overboard with it. Yeah. People are there to watch the game, right? Yeah, they're not there to get thrown on TV. You know, is Jason Kelsey right? The NBA does it right and attracts a lot of celebrities and celebrities that want to sit courtside. You go to an NBA game to be seen if you're a celebrity and you're sitting courtside. Yo, and, and I think in San Antonio, get used to it. You're going to see a lot more celebrities at Spurs games because they all want to see Wemby. Yo, it's If you're in Miami, if you're watching a Heat game, if you go to Philadelphia, you think about the New York Knicks. Yo, think about the Knicks and they release every day, er, every game, the celebrities and where they're sitting. And what level are you? A, B, C, D. And you've got your section. They do that in L.A. Uh, with the Lakers and the Clippers as well. Golden State has become one of those teams. Um, and I think San Antonio is going to be there. And you go to an NFL game and you're in a suite. Unless they know to look for you there, they're not going to find you. My guess is there are a lot of celebrities at NFL games, you just don't see it or hear it as much unless it's, you know, one of those big games and they'll show you, well, here's this celebrity here and he's got this coming up on NBC while you're watching Sunday Night Football on NBC. I do think with Taylor Swift, though, because she is so damn famous and she's promoting seemingly every other commercial on TV, which I didn't really pay attention to until I... I started paying attention to Taylor Swift because of Travis Kelsey, but I, I, I do, I do wonder, uh, you know, pledge points out, you often see celebrities in the owner's box because they will show the owner and I'm like, Oh, Hey, who's that sitting next to him? Oh, you know, yeah, you get a lot of that, you know, with the jets, at least this last week, um, I thought the jets had a great tweet, um, you know, the eldest son has arrived. And if you watch that show on, on Showtime, you know what I'm talking about. That was that was a class, that was that, that was an A1 kind of tweet. And, of course, it would be Kendall that would try to overshadow Taylor Swift and fall horribly short. That, that goes right in line uh, with, with that TV show. But when you look at it, I, I think Jason Kelsey is, is kind of right. You know, unless there's a celebrity on the sideline, which the NFL generally doesn't allow, if they're in a suite... Unless the cameras know to go there, they're not going to find them. Uh, you you think about let, let's take AT and T Stadium in in Dallas. You know there are what bottom row suites, second row suites, two rows of suites there, a row of suites here. We have five six different levels of suites, hundreds of them. SoFi Stadium, hundreds of them. And unless you're the owner of the Raiders with your bad haircut and you sit at the very front of one by the fans where you can be seen and yelled at by, by fans wanting you to fire the coach, you wouldn't know he's there. And I, 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 I credit Davis for sitting there and being accessible and exposed, but he could have been in a, uh, a different area of the suite and not gotten yelled at by the fans. And cameras would never have found him unless they knew where to look. Maybe the NFL needs to take a page from the NBA and have – celebrities 
somebody keep a list of where the celebrities are, where the suites are, where the locations are, and they find them and show us if you give a damn. But I, I do appreciate Travis Kelsey saying, yeah, this is uh, it's a little much. But also, I think it's good for business for the NFL, and clearly it's good for business for Taylor Swift because if there is a celebrity that knows how to hide, it's Taylor Swift. She's made a career out of avoiding cameras when she doesn't want to be seen. She was there at both of those games to be seen. Bottom line. It is the Blitz here on 94.1 at San Antonio Sports Star. You think about the San Antonio Spurs and the attention coming their way. Wemby talks today after practice. Trey Jones, Devin Vassell, we'll hear from our San Antonio Spurs on day two at training camp on this Wemby Wednesday. That's next here on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. It is the Blitz here on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. Joe Ryan Eagle on vacation. I'm Jay Semenix. You could always be a part of the show on Twitter, X, at Jay Semenix. Station is at SA Sports Star. If you want to bother Joe on vacation, at Joe Ryan Eagle 210. You could tweet him a hump day meme. He'll get a kick out of it as he's on a beach right now drinking heavily in at Cabo. Hump Day, Wemby Wednesday, Spurs training camp underway. 210-656-ESPN, 656-3776. You can call, you can text, and there's so much curiosity with this Spurs basketball team because of Wemby. But it's coached by Greg Popovich, who really seems to be focusing on things that old Coach Pop focused on, and that's defense. Listening to the guys over the first couple of days of camp, there is a definite theme. Devin Vassell, he didn't want to talk about his new contract, although there is a new thing, I guess, with the Spurs called Dinner with Devin. Dinner with Dev, because he's paying uh, now that, that he's, he's there. He didn't want to talk about his contract other than it's a blessing. He did want to talk about what the focus is so far during training camp. 100%. I mean, everybody was showing off flashes today. Vic showed flashes, Jeremy. I mean, Everybody, I could go on and on, but everybody showed flashes. And, I mean, I think the biggest takeaway I have from today is that everybody's focused on defense. That's what I was talking about what, yesterday, and that's been the main focus, and everybody's focused on defense right now. All right, so that was Devin Vassell. Trey Jones, what are you guys focused on? What are you focusing on? Defense, for sure. Um, we want to uh, be very aggressive this year. Um, we want to defend the, the ball really hard, um, force guys, you know, to – just forced it to be tougher on guys this year. Uh, last year, we kind of let people have their way against us, and, you know, we, we don't want that this year. So we'll pick up our defense um, for sure, and the rest will take care of itself. And, and, you know, that's Pop. That is Greg Popovich. You know, this is a team. This is uh, – you, you go back to the history of Pop. It started on defense. You know, and, and again – his barometer of where he wanted, like the opposing field goal percentage, has has inflated over the years as the game has certainly changed. But it does start with defensive fundamentals, and that's Pop getting back to, I don't know, I feel like Pop-like basketball. But for Wemby, learning NBA defense is obviously something very new, and he talked about that today. Everything is coming very, very fast. Um, I'm saying uh, what's coming fast is the all the information, the new set plays, the, the principles. There's a lot, a lot of stuff that I, I've never seen before that I don't know. And it's, it's hard, but it's, uh, you got to be focused when, when you're on the court because <laughs> you, 
you lose attention one second, you're you're screwed for the next uh, 15 minutes. <laughs> might be a dumb question, but is there like homework involved? Do you have to take like playbooks home or film or anything like that to sort of um, catch up? It's really it's really uh, personal. It really depends from one another. But it's honestly, it's I've talked about uh, the coaches about yeah getting more information, and they they keep telling me to to not worry that it's going to come naturally because like it's going to be it's going to come eventually. And it will. It will come eventually. Now, the other part of that, though, and you heard him, you lose your attention for one second. You're lost for 15 minutes. And I'm guessing at that point, Wemby, you're going to get yelled at by Greg Popovich. If you screw up at one point on something the coach told, the coach told you specifically to, not, specifically to not do or to do, it's everybody on the line. You run a, you run a full court, down and back, or something else. Depends on how... Depends on the mood of the coach. <laughs> has, uh, has Pop yelled at you yet? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, it came later than I expected, but yeah, finally. <laughs> Have you I'm, been to blame? I'm glad he yelled at me. Have you been to blame for the whole team running yet? Uh, I, don't, I don't think so, no. I, I love the honesty. I, I, I really do. And, yes, he's going to get yelled at, and I, I think he's glad he got it out of the way because I'm sure in his conversations with Tony Parker – especially Tony Parker and Boris Diaw, he was prepared. Now, getting yelled at is one thing. Pop going all Serbian on him is another. And I don't yet know if Pop has gone all Serbian on Wemby. But they are trying to figure some things out. And, you know, positionless basketball, and you look at the guys that the Spurs have, and you're trying to figure out where they're going to be. And we've heard Wemby say more than once, don't put me in a box. Um, it's going to be interesting to see who brings up the basketball. Trey Jones, kind of his job, although he says that a lot of different guys are going to be bringing the ball up. Yeah, I think so, for sure. Um, you know, we're just going to keep building um, on, you know, what we had last year. Um, you know, we're getting older, um, getting more experience from, from, all the, from all the things last year. Um, but I think this year something we'll see is, you know, a lot of different guys bringing up the ball. Uh, that's kind of how the game in basketball is kind of, Moving towards is, you know, one through four, even one through five sometimes. Um, guys can bring up bring up the basketball at, at any point. And so uh, I think we'll see that a lot this year. A lot of guys can handle. A lot of guys can shoot it. Um, we have a, a lot of guys, like I said, think they gave a game at a high level. And so we'll be able to use that to our advantage. And again, with so many different guys bringing up the basketball, that does include Wemby. He can bring up the basketball. And Wemby even said today, there's really no limitation to his role on this team. It just goes without saying that uh, I'm, I'm playing the same, sometimes the same role as Trey Jones, sometimes the same as Zach Collins, sometimes as Devin Vassell. It's, you know, it's, there's really no limitations. So, and on a lot of set plays, on a lot of plays, it really depends on where you are. But I can be the I can be the point guard just like I can I can be the the wing. It doesn't matter. I, I like that. I, I like that. And when you look at it at this point, now granted, day two of training camp, but according to Wemby, they haven't even started experimenting with lineups yet. So far, there hasn't been too much experimentation because all of us are really, I mean, the, all uh, all the rookies and the new guys, we're trying to. Learn all, everything we can and stay stay locked in for the whole two two plus hours of practice because 
we, we, we really don't know, don't know much about what's happening really. And, um, and the, the, the more experienced guys are trying to show us the way. So there's not, now is not really the time for experimentation, I would say. That's more the coach's job. You, I can't wait to see how Pop is going to roll these guys out there. I, 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 I really can't. Um, the curiosity is there. You could sit around with your buddies at the Roo Pub and come up with 19 different combinations, and all of them work. It's going to be very interesting to see ultimately what Pomp and the staff do. But there was a moment during, uh, during camp today or during the media session. Mike Finger from the San Antonio Express News tweeted out, Victor just said he has a bleep ton less to worry about off the court, blah, 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 blah. The term bleep ton never has sounded more elegant. Now, I can't play you, and Pledge can't play you, the actual bleep ton to hear how elegant it sounded, but you can hear how elegant it sounded with the bleep. It's changed from my days in France for sure, because I got to worry about a, a ton of less stuff. <laughs> last year, last year I wasn't just a player, I was also a, a GM. You know, I had to make sure the, the, the floor was clean before we had to practice. I had to make sure my teammates were lifting. I mean, I mean, I had to make sure of a whole lot of other stuff. So now it's, I'm really, I'm really more free. And uh, I'm really, you know, when I come in the morning, I know there's going to be physios and coaches to take care of me, no matter the, the hour of the day. And so I got to, I got to, I got I can, I get, my mind is, is, a, is more at rest than last year. I, I, the finger is right. I, I think the fact that, that, um, that he used a cuss word. He's 19. Of course. I just don't think anybody expected it, including Jeff McDonald. Listen to the beginning of this again, and you can hear Jeff McDonald from the Express News really get surprised by the words coming out of Victor's mouth. It's changed from my days in France for sure, because I got to worry about a, a ton of less stuff. <laughs> last year. Yeah, you hear that. He's like, last how am I going to write that in the paper? Just like I can't play it here. But as Mike Finger tweeted, and, and we could tell you because we heard it before, you know, Pledge used the beep, uh, bleep machine on it. It was a very elegant sounding use of the S word. And he used it so perfectly in a sentence. I almost didn't catch it. You almost didn't catch it. It was like the third time I listened to it. I was like, oh. Because you didn't expect it from him? It just flowed so I mean, he's not David Robinson. I think if David Robinson would have said that, it would be a much bigger deal than Pop or or, uh, uh, Tim or or anybody else. But we haven't heard a bad word come out of his mouth yet. But they all cuss. And there's nothing wrong with it. And there will be a day where we don't have to bleep it. Um, We're getting there. And I think Pat McAfee might be leading that charge to where, look, we're all grown-ups. We've all heard that word before. We all use that word. I think it's funny. Jeff McDonald clearly thought it was. Well, let's hear McDonald's laugh again. It's changed from my days in France for sure because I got to worry about a, a ton of less stuff. <laughs> <laughs> last year, last year I wasn't just a player. I was oh, a that's player. classic. That's going to have to be a drop next time we have uh, McDonald on the show. Make, make note of that.
It is the Blitz here on 94.1 at San Antonio Sports Star. Joe Ryan Eagle on vacation. I'm Jason Minnick. Cowboys getting ready to take on the San Francisco 49ers on Sunday. The question is, can Dak Prescott continue to protect the ball? Through four games, he's had one interception. Now, that one interception felt like 15 because it took away any chance the Cowboys had at coming back and beating the Arizona Cardinals. Sometimes it's not the number of turnovers you have. Sometimes it's when they occur. And I get that. Although, I don't think Dak is getting enough credit for having only thrown one interception in four games. I think, I think most teams would like that. Jalen Hurts has already thrown three. He had six all of last year. The rest of the NFC East quarterbacks have combined for 14 interceptions. Dak is still sitting there at one. But Dak is going to play a really good defense this week in San Francisco, a defense that he has struggled against, and that's going to be the story going into the game. And if he throws picks against them, you wonder what kind of progress was actually made. So I ask you, can Dak continue to protect the ball? 210-656-ESPN, 656-3776. You can call, you can text, you can tweet, X at Jason Minnix, at SA Sports Star. What I find interesting is the Cowboys' non-play calling offensive coordinator, Brian Schottenheimer, in his weekly press conference yesterday, kind of dived into it a bit about the lack of turnovers. It's the West Coast principles, and if you don't understand the West Coast principles and you're thinking Dak is uh, afraid to throw deep, it's not. It's the new offense that Mike McCarthy has installed but also, it does feel like Dak is being a lot more patient, and that is what Shoddy talked about yesterday. I think Dak is, you know, just he's just playing at a real high level right now. He's seeing it well. Again, it's not just him. Um, again, we talked a little bit last week about the spacing and the landmarks and getting pieces to where they're supposed to be, whether it's inside edge of the numbers or in between the hashes or outside the numbers, all those landmarks. That's what comes into play. But um, taking what they give you, that's when I think you see a quarterback who's bought into the fact of, hey, go through my progression, know where the backs are. We have a thing that we talk about, which is called flare control reminders. As you're reading the progression, let's say I'm reading a weak side triangle and I'm reading my movement key, just that little thing of knowing, hey, I'm running a burst or whatever that flare control is, it's, it's a cool reminder to him of where that guy is because there's so much stuff happening in front of the QBs that, those flare control reminders do help, and um, we do check down drill almost every day, you know, just because what happens is when there's line movements and stunts up front, which we see each and every week, the entry point of the back is different. Let's say he's designed to go into the A gap. Sometimes he gets pushed wider into the B gap or sometimes even the C gap, and so the check down feels different to the QB. So it takes a ton of reps of just practice. And again, I think we're utilizing that stuff well, but we also have backs that can do something with it. When you check the ball down to our backs, it's it's not a give up. It's a chance for an explosive because they're so talented. And, and, and he's right. And what I really love about hearing from Schottenheimer is he is so detailed. There is so much more that he offers that you get really that kind of behind-the-scenes look at what the Cowboys are doing. You know, by design, the check down, 
the the flare controls, right? Like all those reminders, and I think Dak, to a degree, being patient, I think there's times with some of the offensive line issues, you feel a little rushed, but there's nothing wrong with going to the check down. In fact, it almost sounds like Shoddy uh, prefers it. If that guy's not there, go check down because you're getting Tony Pollard in space. You're getting Rico Dowdle in space. And that is what we all say we think the Cowboys need to do. They're doing it. Yet I hear so much chatter and and so much on social media that they're still not happy with Dak, who's playing really good football. He really is. If you looked at Dak Prescott and you didn't know that was Dak, and he wasn't number wearing number four, and they took that off, and you didn't see the star in his helmet, I think most people would be overly impressed with what they're seeing about the quarterback without a preconceived notion of what it is. You know, you get troll jobs like Rudy J from R&R in the morning that wants to call him Captain Checkdown, which is a part of what the Dallas Cowboys say they want to do. And then you hear Rudy talking out the other side of his mouth, saying, get Tony Bollard on a screen pass in space and let it turn into an explosive play. I, I mean, you can't have your cake and eat it too, Rudy. I, and that's that. That's kind of what it is. Although Rudy's greedy, he's going to have it that way uh, because Rudy is about storylines and headlines and drama as opposed to looking at the facts objectively. I mean, here's a guy who's divorced his crappy football team four games in. Why did it take four games of misery to know the Bears were going to suck? It didn't. But some people, you realize it takes them a little longer to come on board. And that is where Rudy J is at right now. Um I, I look at, well, Rudy doesn't pledge. That's why I use, Rudy doesn't like cake. That's part of it. Pledge writes on who has cake and doesn't eat it. Um, Rudy doesn't like cake. You, you know, he, he, he does. He, Rudy, for all, from all the things you would think Rudy would be into, he doesn't have a sweet tooth, which is, which is kind of surprising, but Dak has played good football. Um, Dak has played really good football this year. Reading the offense. Look, in one of my leagues, I've got C.D. Lamb. I wish C.D. was a little bit more involved than he has been. I'm surprised we haven't seen more out of Brandon Cooks. But if you think about the West Coast principles, and I go back to listening to what Mike McCarthy said in the offseason, what we saw when we were in Oxnard, California, at Cowboys training camp, and what they were trying to do offensively, we've seen that through the first month of the season. This isn't a surprise, unless you're a troll. Uh, this isn't a surprise because you saw that uh, in Oxnard at practice of what they were trying to do. And if the check down is there, the Cowboys like that because you get the, ex- the potential of the explosive play. Now, I will say when it comes to Tony Pollard as the bell cow running back, we haven't seen the long run for a touchdown yet. We haven't seen the the big explosive runs that we're used to seeing out of Tony Pollard in the uh, either running the ball or or catching it out of the backfield. Now, obviously, it's an interesting topic. Emmanuel Ancho and Lashawn McCoy on the show speak on FS1. Uh, they were getting into uh, Dak Prescott's play. Of course, they were. Is Dak Prescott got one pick, y'all, through four weeks? One, one of them. Why, why is that? I'm glad you said that. You, you, you're a host, you're good at this. You're setting it up. You teed it up. Yes, sir. Why is that? Tell me why you think Dak Prescott, out of four games, he has one pick. In large part, first thing is first. Give me all the parts, small and large. Best, yes, sir. <laughs> 1A, 
he's taking care of the ball. Thank one you. That's one, one now. That's one A. That's one A. Hold on, hold on, hold on. One B, he has not been put in compromising positions to have to chase points. What's that's that? one wait, B. Wait, break that down for America. He's not okay. What 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 Shay yeah, trying to get me to say? Just the truth is the Cowboys have rarely ever been trailing outside of the Cardinals game, which just so happens to be the game he threw the one interception. Mm. So the Cowboys have rarely ever had to trail. So Dak Prescott hasn't had to press, and because he hasn't had to press, he hasn't thrown picks. But he still has not thrown picks. Meanwhile, Sam Howell, I believe, has three or four of them. Jalen Hurts, I believe, has three of them. Daniel Jones has three or four of them. So we do have to state the fact that Dak is protecting the football. He is. I mean, think about the uh, game the other night with the Chiefs and the Jets. If Dak had played that poorly and won, like Patrick Mahomes did, we would be blistering him. Patrick Mahomes, and they got the win. Patrick Mahomes, to see Dan Orlovsky on TV, well, that's a really good Jets defense that didn't turn over Dak Prescott, right? I, I mean, at, at some point, even you Dak haters have to give Dak Prescott credit, but he's got to do it in a big game like what they have coming up against San Francisco. When you look at now what's crazy is Dak Prescott 0-2 against San Francisco in the playoffs and quite honestly has played like crap. I've said that. I said that last year when they lost. You know, playoff Dak Prescott. I, I, I'm i a Dak fan, but Dak has to get it done in the postseason or I'm out. I mean, I'm I'm the, the eight-year experiment, all of that. Uh, great regular season quarterback. Dak needs to get it done in the postseason. The Cowboys have done themselves no favors in looking for other options. So part of uh, part of it's just being realistic. They're stuck with Dak. Uh, he'll get an extension uh, unless this year turns out to be a disaster, which doesn't look like it's going to be. Um, what are the Cowboys? What are the Cowboys' options? I mean, they've got a lot of talent on this team, a lot of money tied up with guys. So it's not like they could even take a year, take the big cap hit if they released them, and go with who? Cooper Rush, Trey Lance? No, this is Trey Lance's biggest week as a member of the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, helping with whatever he can, the Cowboys get ready for San Francisco. I imagine Trey Lance is spending more time with Dan Quinn this week than he thought he would, than he has the entire time he's been in Dallas. It's true. They, teams do that. You know, Shoddy was talking about that as well. How much um, will they? I mean, clearly, whatever interrogations Will Greer went through last week in New England didn't help the Patriots. But, you know, there was an interrogation. Shoddy uh, even said today, yeah, Trey Lance is going to help us this week. Trey knows a little bit about, you know, what they're doing. Yeah, you know, the cool thing is, you know, like I said, the team knows them well. I know them well from being in Seattle. Trey knows them well. But like like last week, it, it, it's, it, it's kind of in good fun and humor. Like we all – we all use pieces that we have in place, but we don't go too far into it. Uh, we can know exactly what they're going to do because they don't do too much, and, and they're still really, really tough to go against just because they're so talented. The play style that they have, the cool thing with San Francisco, the play style's never changed. It doesn't matter who the coordinator is, whether it's D'Amico, uh, Robert, it, it doesn't matter. You know, with Steve coming in there, it, their play style is a lot like our defensive play style and how we try to play offensively. It's physical and up-tempo, and they run and they hit, and um, that's way more important than the scheme that they run. So um, we'll definitely talk to Trey. He knows a lot of the pieces going against them in practice. And he might end up with a game ball. I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up with a game ball if the Cowboys actually go into San Francisco and win. Cowboys have won three consecutive primetime games. But I look at this San Francisco team, and while the, the conversation, and rightfully so, is a lot about Dak Prescott, 
Dan Quinn and that defense have to show up in this game. Now, you think about last year's playoff game. They played well. Uh, San Francisco didn't score a lot of points. The 49ers have scored, what, more than 30 in every game they've played this year? Pledge, can you pull up San Francisco's schedule? I mean, they, they, I, I believe they've scored over 30 in every game. This is going to be one of those games where the defense is going to have to limit uh, what they could do. Now, last year in that playoff game, Christian McCaffrey was held to like 57 yards, which might be uh, the worst or one of the worst games he has played as a member of the San Francisco 49ers, yet it didn't matter. San Francisco still got the win, and Christian McCaffrey has been incredible. If they're able to somehow slow him down, because you're not going to completely take him out of the game, but if they can slow him down, you still have Ayuk, you still have Debo, you still have Kittle, and Brock Purdy has played really good football this year. And the Cowboys like to play man, and Brock Purdy has been really good against man defenses. They're going to put a lot of guys in motion. But this defense has got to get some stops. They've got to get some takeaways. Uh, the question that I have, I think they'll give up some points in this one. Um, now, granted, the, 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 the Cowboys in, in four games have allowed 41 points, which is impressive. But uh, you're going against an offense that is going to score. They are. Um, even, yes, Rudy, against a team that could be historically great on the defensive side. Um, I don't expect... I don't expect the the Cowboys defense to completely shut down what San Francisco will do offensively. My bigger question is, can the defense up their game limit San Francisco and can Dak Prescott at that offense up what they've done and go? It, it, both teams are designed to play with the lead. We saw the Cowboys, when they didn't have the lead, they didn't get it done against Arizona. San Francisco has only trailed for a minute 45 this entire year. That's it. That's it. A minute 45 is all they have trailed this entire season. That's nuts. That's nuts. But they're built to play with the lead. You look at last week's game. Uh, Arizona, we talked about it going against the uh, Cowboys game. Mike McCarthy used the term with Robin Rudy as he joins Robin Rudy on R and R in the morning every Friday morning, brought to you by AA Best Bail Bonds. Going into that Arizona game, you know Mike McCarthy said and described Arizona as a scrappy team, and they are. I mean, they've been in every game this year. Hell, I don't know how they blew that lead against the Giants after watching the Giants on Monday night. They were in their opener. Uh, they were in the game last week with with San Francisco. The Forty ers got that late touchdown to make it look lopsided, but. You know, not that I ever felt like Arizona was going to win that game, but it wasn't the blowout until late that everybody thought when you saw the final score. It's going to be a fun one in San Francisco, and it's not just another game. And I appreciate Mike McCarthy admitting that it's not just another game. This is a big one for both teams. Um, I think it's like anything. You always want to be in balance. You know, I mean, it's obviously it's an important game. You know, you understand the history. Um, and there's obviously a lot of tradition uh, with this with this with this game. So I mean, that's all part of it. Uh, you live, you live, you know, you live to play these kind of games. Uh, you dream about these kind of games. So you don't want to make it bigger than it is. Uh, but you know, it's it's just not. It's just you know, the reality is, it's not just another game. I love that. He knows it. He's not going to try to convince his team it's just another game. The team that's ended your last two years, Cowboys want this one. Now, granted, it's early October. You know, 
win or lose, and you know we'll overreact either way on Monday. You're going to see them in the playoffs. I'd much rather have a playoff win than an October win over the San Francisco 49ers. I really want to win Saturday from my Texas Longhorns in the Red River rivalry. We'll talk about it with Bob Ballou from KI Television. He joins us next here on The Blitz on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. Joe Reinagle. That's the third time in seven seasons. The San Antonio Spurs are the NBA champions. Jason Minnick. They go back to big day as Super Bowl champions. Dallas 52, Buffalo 17. It's the Blitz on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. It is the Blitz here on 94.1 a San Antonio Sports Star on this Wemby Wednesday. Joe Reinagle on vacation. I'm Jason Minnick. Such a big week in the world of football. Saturday, the Red River Rivalry. Also known as the home away from home from Bombaloo, KI Television in Austin. Joins us now on the Buyers Barricades guest line. Bob's been going to this game since before he was born. Bob, you ready for another trip? This could actually be, in my mind, one of the better UTOU games that we have seen in a long time. Maybe since, what, 08, 09, somewhere in there? 08? Well, I don't know, Jason. I don't know. Let's. I mean, you got to remember in 20... Got it. Now I'm going to lose my own mind. But, you know, in 21, Texas was up 28 points, and OU came back and won at the buzzer. Yeah, they like that one. They had, the, they had the four overtime game. The year before that, uh, we had uh, the Kyler Murray comeback in 2018, and then Cameron Dicker kicks the field goal late to win that one. We've had some, we've had some pretty good games over the last five years or so, but there is reason to believe that we're in a – we're in a special shot. Now, now all that said, I, I you know, I've been I, – I feel like well, – I keep coming on saying this, so I, I do want to keep saying it. I feel like we are in – we've been in a pretty good spot this year in terms of, like, kind of figuring out what's going on before the game happens. Like, pretty spot on on Baylor, pretty spot on on Kansas. Like, called the double-digit win against Alabama. Like, we've kind of seen it. We kind of get it. Whatever. That said – I'm I'm really confident in tech, that Texas is going to win the game this weekend. I also think this Oklahoma team is a lot better than what people give it credit for, and um, they're they're giving up ten points a game. I don't care who you're playing; that's pretty good. Uh, they've been really good, and I think what we're going to see is a much better game than maybe what people think we're going to see. You know, it, people are coming in this game like Texas is just so good. They're just going to blow them out or they're going to win big or whatever. And they might. I'm not saying they won't, but this Oklahoma team is really good. Too. Well, well, and, and Bob, that's kind of where, you know, when I started looking at the numbers and, you know, quite honestly, I haven't watched a lot of Oklahoma football this year, but I did watch that a good amount of that Iowa State game the other night. And, you know, I like their quarterback, but their defense, and granted, I was watching Iowa State, but they've given up 54 points all year. You know, Texas, you know, hasn't given up much more, 64, but I mean, I look at that Sooners defense and the slow-starting Texas offense, and that is my biggest concern. And I know I feel like every week I ask you about the slow starts on offense. They figured out in the second half, but at some point a slow start's going to bite UT in the ass. Yeah, I mean, I think that's fair. I just think what has made this team so special, you know, they talk, oh, we talked all offseason about finishing and being good in the fourth quarter and all that kind of stuff, and that's fine. I don't that, that kind of stuff isn't what wins you games. To me, what differentiates this program right now, 
from anything else that we've seen is how deep they are and what they're doing to teams in the late third and early fourth quarter. You know, when Alabama scored that touchdown to go up 16-13, I think all of us kind of went, well, here we go again. Yep. Like, they had the lead, they had their opportunities, it's going to slip away. They immediately scored right back, they scored again, and then they had a seven-minute drive to just take Alabama apart and basically pull their soul out of their body. And you don't see that against Alabama very often. All they did was run the ball down their throat. And that's something different about this team. This offensive line and this defensive line, defensive line especially, is really, really good. And that's, that's what's going to make this week interesting because the interior of Oklahoma's offensive line is not very good. Their center and guards are not very good. Their tackles are, are, are pretty good. So they're going to try to do everything on the perimeter. They're going to try to get the ball out in space. Dylan Gabriel uh, is a really, really good quarterback. And I don't – he's playing his best ball – I don't know that I can overemphasize enough. You know, last year happened, and it was 49 nothing because Dylan Gabriel didn't play. Oklahoma played without a quarterback last year. I mean, that's how ridiculous last year was. That's not going to happen this year. Um, even if he gets hurt, now they have sufficient backup quarterbacks. Jackson Arnold, they've got, they've got uh, five stars that are back there now. So, so there's, a, there's a difference. Um, and that's why I say I think this will be a much better game. I think it'll be a much more entertaining game. I just think, again, it will come down to Texas is the bigger, better, stronger, faster team in the fourth quarter because they can rotate players the way most other programs can't. And that's what has made Alabama and Ohio State and, you know, whoever you want to name over the last 15 years, that's what's made those programs special. That's what's going to make Texas special this year. Bob Ballou from KI Television in Austin, our Longhorn Insider, joining us here on the Buyer's Barricades guest line on the Blitz. When I look at... At this game, trying to figure out how I think it's going to go. And I think for Texas, a lot of Jonathan Brooks uh, control the clock. Both teams play such good defense. Both teams can score a lot. Is this going to be a high-scoring game or a low-scoring game? I don't know. I think that's a great question. I That's the part of this that I really, I really don't think I can figure out, is what exactly is going to happen. Um, and, and that's been a – like I said, it's been kind of rare this year. I, I'm really confident in Texas. I think their defense is good. I think they're susceptible to uh, the long ball. I think the deep ball is going to be a really interesting part of this weekend. Oklahoma doesn't hasn't been running the ball great. They do have some freshman running backs that have shown real good signs, but they're not playing those guys a lot. So it'll be interesting to see kind of what direction they go with that. But they've got very capable wide receivers. They've got very capable uh, – a very capable quarterback in Dylan Gabriel. And I think that's what's going to make, to me, that's what's going to make this really interesting this weekend is to see how this all goes down. You think about Steve Sarkeesian and, and where where he's at right now with this program because the expectations were so high as soon as he got the job. And, you know, in a fair amount of time, He's got Texas back to where I think most Texas fans think Texas belongs. Of course, he's got to win this Saturday and, and keep that train rolling. What has been different about Sark from, say, in August before the season started to how this program is handling success leading in to the Red River rivalry? Yeah, he talked a little bit about this uh, that subject this week, and it is kind of interesting. He, I think he understands his team and what they need, what he needs to be as a motivational guy, what he needs to be as a, um, as a head coach to them better than he probably ever has as a head coach. Um, you know, he, he understands what he's told his team is 
Saturday is going to be awesome. You're going to have all the emotions, uh, all those things that go into it. But if you don't prepare today, if you don't make Wednesday matter, Saturday is going to be tougher. So if you make Monday matter and Tuesday matter and you, and you worry about Wednesday on Wednesday, and, and as, as cliche as all of that sounds, this team's really picked up on that. They've actually done a really good job of, of staying in the moment, what they say, living where your feet are, or all the, all the whatever words they use. I, I've been very impressed with that. Um, they did it against Alabama. Sark talked about how good a week of practice they had. Um, and I know coaches say that stuff, but I think you can, I think he can tell. I think he can look at this team and see the veteran leadership, see the guys that uh, are putting in the work the right way, the way he expects them to do it. And then when it comes Saturday, the game has been, uh, I don't want to say easy, but, but it, it, it certainly leads you to a better result when you put the work in Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday to make Saturday matter. And I really think that's been kind of what they've, you know, he, his, his message to his team this week is starve the distraction, feed the focus. And I thought that's really good. Like you got to get rid of all the distractions that go along with this week, push them all to the side the same way you did with Alabama and then just feed your focus. And the focus is what do I need to do to make myself better today so that Saturday I'm going to play great. And they've been really good at that. They've been really good at, at, uh, kind of just being in the moment and, and worrying about today today, and they've gotten better at leadership that allows them to do that. Bob Ballou from KI Television in Austin here on the Blitz. What concerns you most heading into Saturday's game for the Longhorn program, and why is it Burt Auburn? Oh, Burt, don't get on Burt. Burt's three for six in his last six field goals, but that's okay. He's 50%, a, he's a 50 dude. 49. 50%. 49 yarder, like. Those aren't great percentage kicks anyway. I don't think you got to – if you're if, – if that – I will say this, though, Jason. If that's your biggest concern, you got some good things happening. There you Auburn's go. your biggest concern. Put it up on a tee and you finally got uh, there. Uh, I, I just don't, you know, trust him. I mean, Sark, Sark's confident in him. Remember, he made the big field goal last year against Alabama late. that gave them the lead. Uh, you know, I think kickers miss kicks sometimes. It's just the reality of it. But that all that said – um, my biggest concern would be on offense. Um, let me come up with something. I'm really trying to think of something. I know. I don't, I don't have any concerns on offense. Okay. Uh, you know, it, the offensive line, I guess. I don't know. If I have to pick something, I guess, it, you know, is JT Sanders going to be available? Because he's obviously a beast. He was a monster in this game last year. Uh, so I would say JT Sanders would be the first uh, concern. Is he's day-to-day, you know, whether or not he plays Saturday, we'll see. Um, and on defense, like I said, I think it's the deep ball. I think it's just, you know, that's if, if Jalen Daniels plays last Saturday against, uh, against Texas, he, he would have hit some balls that I think Jason Bean missed. I don't know that it would have drastically changed the game, but Jalen Daniels is a, again, a really good player. Kind of like last year, you're like, would Dylan Gabriel change the game for Oklahoma? Yeah, obviously he's a great player, great quarterback. The ball's in his hands every play. Um, so I think that would be my concern is just can, if Dylan Gabriel hits some deep balls, is that going to open up some things defensively that, um, you know, that they aren't necessarily uh, accustomed to. And uh, Alabama hit on a few of those. Uh, Dylan Gabriel can run a little more than I think people give him credit for. Only 95 yards rushing this year, but I still think he, he can run the ball a little bit. So those would probably be the biggest concerns that I have going into Saturday. You know, you, you look at this matchup. Both teams are 5-0. and And you look at both teams' remaining schedule. 
it looks like the winner of this game has a really good chance of running the table and punching a ticket to the college football playoff. And I think both teams know that. Both fan bases are talking about it like that. How does each coach try to keep that part out of this game and focus on this one and not talk about running the table? I think that's the same. That goes back to exactly what we were just saying. I think Texas has been so worried about what's in front of them because they know if they lose to Kansas or they lose to Wyoming or they lose to Oklahoma this week or whoever they play the rest of the year, that some of those dreams of getting to the college football playoff go away. So why worry about that stuff if you can't control it and you can't, you know, there's nothing you're going to do about it. Um, I think Oklahoma is going to be much better in December. I, I Like, if you look at this conference right now, it feels like Texas and Oklahoma will rematch in Arlington in December for the Big 12 championship game. Now, that may not happen, but I think Oklahoma will be a much better team by the time they get to – I mean, we've, we've seen how good they are really this year compared to what they were last year, and I think those, those improvements are going to continue. I think Texas can continue down that path too. Here's the biggest thing, Jason, and, I, and I'll go back to this. As many times as you want to do this this year, we can do it every week. Every single Texas fan is waiting for the other shoe to drop. <laughs> because they're so used to the other shoe dropping. It's been 13 years since they went to the national championship game or four, whatever, 14. Uh, they're just, they're, they're waiting on it. They know what's going to happen. They're going to lose to Houston or they're going to lose to TCU or they're going to play bad against Iowa state in November or Kansas state or tech or whatever. And I don't get that feel with this team. I just don't get the feel that they're going to, maybe they lose Saturday. Okay. Maybe, I mean, this is a good Oklahoma team. Maybe, maybe Kansas state, Trips them up. I don't know. It's gonna it's gonna take a really good team to beat this Texas team, or something fluky where somebody gets hurt or something happens. Like this team is just really good and really dialed in. And I don't know that we. I, I think we've we've had maybe there are times where we've had hope that that was the case at Texas, but I don't know that it's been a reality. And I think this year it's a reality. I think this team is really good. It's really talented. It's really deep. You go across the board. All these guys are really good. Like, name a position that's not very good at Texas. I can't do that right now. And so I think that's been, you know, the punter. Ryan Sanborn's been awesome. Like, <laughs> it, it's been everywhere. And so I, it's just a different feeling. But I think every Texas fan goes, well, at some point, we're, I mean, something's going to happen. We're going to lose. And maybe they do. But I just, if you, if you needed to build a team to give you confidence that it could go to the college football playoff, that's what Texas has right now. And college football is a squirrely sport sometimes, and the best team doesn't always win and that kind of stuff. But if you're going to build it the right way, that's what Sark's done, and that's what I think gives them a chance to, to make a deep run this year. Yeah, I, I agree. And at some point, Joe Tessitore is actually going to be right with something that he said over a decade ago. <laughs> After, that's it. All right, Bob, uh, real quick, uh, your prediction for Saturday. Yeah, I mean, Texas wins. I just can't get a real – they're gonna have, they're gonna score in the 30s because that's what they do every week. It's a different number in the 30s every week. Um, my first instinct was like 31-30, but then the more I thought about it, I just think Texas is is better than Oklahoma right now. I, I don't know that they're gonna let Oklahoma score that many points. Um, I could see Oklahoma coming out and punching them in the face though. Remember this team lost 49 nothing last year. I mean they they know what this means, and if it, if it's 14 nothing Oklahoma, I won't be surprised. Um, but I think in the end it's too much Texas. I, I'm going to give you like a 33-24. I, I, um, I will take that. I, I put 34-20 down. Um, 
Yeah, it'll be something like that, I think. You know, uh, but then, you know, I, I just, I, I just look at, and then you know, it, it's hard to really. I, I, I go back and forth, and I know we're up against the time wall. When I look at Arkansas State, SMU, Tulsa, Cincinnati, Iowa State, I expect you to be undefeated. But they have just right. destroyed all of those teams as well. It, they're good. How good? We're going to find out on Saturday. Hundred percent. And that Cincinnati game was an interesting one. It was twenty to six. Their offense wasn't great. And I think Texas could do something in that like along those lines defensively where they hold them down a little bit more than we think. But yeah, I, I just think Texas is too good and I think they win on Saturday. And like I said, I think Oklahoma will probably be there at the end of the year in December, but I think this week it's Texas. Good stuff. Bob Baloo from K I N Austin. Enjoy the trip up to our, uh, Dallas this weekend. I'll get you a corny dog, my friend. You say that every year that somehow they never make it back. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't want to put one in the mail. I would have felt bad that showing up. On mm-hmm. the door, so. Exactly. Well intended thoughts. I appreciate you. <laughs> Bob Ballou from KI Television on the Buyers Barricades guest line, where they provide traffic control, rental, and sales for San Antonio and beyond. Coming up, 435, we're going to visit with UTSA quarterback Frank Harris. But next, Wemby talks today after practice even uses a bad word in a very elegant way. Uh, We'll dive into what the Spurs had to say after day two of training camp. You think about the NFL back in action tomorrow night with a thrilling Thursday night matchup between the Bears and Washington. Thursday on r r in the morning. Football's back. Well, kind of. Commanders, Bears, Bezos' billions can't buy everything, can it? The first practices continue, and if the day ends in Y, we're talking Wimby and what they're going to do. i got a question for you. Is Zach Collins a starter? He might very well be. Now back to the Bulls. Jason, you're just a warm-up for a playoff game. Let's talk baseball, baby. You know, nothing wrong with that. Rangers leading Tampa Bay right now 7-1 in the eighth inning. Just totally dominating the Rays in this wild card round. No, Rangers finish this off and they move on in this wild card series after taking game one yesterday for nothing. A little bit later here on 94-1 San Antonio Sports Star, because it is an early release day, we'll have game two of the Arizona-Milwaukee series. The Diamondbacks got yesterday's game one at 6-3. And it's interesting when you look around the postseason, Toronto and Minnesota uh, that game underway in the third inning, it's still scoreless. You know, Texas looks like they're uh, on their way to finishing off uh, Tampa Bay on the road. Uh, Minnesota, they got the win yesterday playing at home. Their first win in a playoff for a first playoff win in forever. But Arizona, road team, got a win. Uh, Philadelphia, home team, they beat Miami uh, last night 4 1 in game one. But it is kind of impressive to see the road teams getting wins in game one. And, you know, the Rangers finished this one off and with a 7-1 lead uh, to sweep on the road, um, which which would be um, very, very good. And the Astros, of course, there. And I tell you, uh, over on ESPN AM 1250 here on 94.1, we are your home for Major League Baseball playoffs, and that includes the Astros all the way through uh, the World Series. Early release day today, we're done in about an hour because playoffs. And Edwin really lobbied that we carry Milwaukee just for Edwin and put them on 94.1 so he could hear the game at his house. So 
you know, the boss is good to Edwin, and, and that's what we're doing. And I don't mind an early release in the middle of the week, although it's one of those weeks where there is so much going on that uh, I don't want to overstate, but it was tough for Ryan Angle to leave on vacation. Not, not going to lie. Now he's at Cabo because he's got to go to a wedding, which is on a Thursday night, and they extended it out a week. But you think about this weekend of football. Massive. UTOU in the Red River rivalry. 427 and OU still sucks. And this is how smart OU types are. Because I really hope my buddy Bob Brown is is listening. I, I grab my phone. I, I hear from Bob Brown once a year about this time. So Bob Brown just texted me in all caps, Boomer Sooner. I responded, new phone, who's this? And the old man said, who do you think? It's Bob Brown. Save the contact. <laughs> Okay, Boomer. I mean, it, 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 I, I mean, you can't make this up. If you're watching on YouTube, I'll put my phone there. Literally said, who do you think? It's Bob Brown. Save the contact. Uh, it was a joke. Everybody knows that joke at this point, right? Right? I only hear from you. And I'm actually, well, it's, it's Wednesday, right? I'm not going to hear from him Friday. And, and I won't hear from him for five months after Texas goes in there and destroys Oklahoma. I think, um, let's see, the last time I heard from Bob, uh, let's see, uh, August 31st. Um, so before the season, really. Um, and then before that, October 11th of 2020. You know, this is bad, mm-hmm. Yeah, good friend. Good friend. He'll talk noise this week because I know he's feeling confident. I won't hear from him at all next week. But then again, most of your fa- friends that are fans of the Sooners are going to be hard to find next week. A lot of them will be calling in sick on Monday. They, they will. That, that's, just, that's just part of it. It's going to be a fun weekend. I, I mean, you, you look at it. And then, of course, you know, we're not that far away from seeing the Spurs actually playing basketball in a preseason game. Raise your hand if you've ever been excited about watching a Spurs preseason game. Yeah, I didn't think so. Raise your hand if you're excited to watch this Spurs team play in the preseason. Yeah, well, because we want to see what they look like. And and I would anticipate that Pop does play Wemby in, in the preseason. But when you look at the idea, one of the things is, how does he fit? What are the lineups going to look like? Who's coming off the bench? Two days of training camp, and Wemby said today they haven't done any experimentations with lineups. So far, there hasn't been too much experimentation because... All of us are really, I mean, the, all, uh, all the rookies and the new guys, we're trying to learn all, everything we can and stay, stay locked in for the whole two-plus two hours of practice because we, we, we really don't know, don't know much about what's happening, really. And, um, and the, the, the more experienced guys are trying to show us the way. So there's not, now is not really the time for experimentation, I would say. That's more the coach's job. And and he's not the coach, although he is thrilled that he just gets to come to San Antonio and play basketball. I don't know how much of this is tongue-in-cheek when uh, he talks about everything that he was responsible for with that French team. And if you listen closely, you can't hear it because we bleeped it out. But I saw Mike Finger from the Express News tweet out. 
he he had a bleep ton of responsibilities in France that he doesn't have to deal with here. And and Finger tweeted out that it was the most elegant way of sounding bleep ton. Now Pledge and I were listening to it and before the bleep machine. And and Pledge had to hear it three times before he realized that was a bad word and we would all get in trouble if he actually let that on the radio. So just imagine Wemby in his accent saying the yes word. And one day in the world we'll actually be able to say that on the radio. Pat McAfee's leading that charge. We can't yet, so we had to bleep it. But just use your imagination. It's changed from my days in France for sure because I got to worry about a, a ton of less stuff. <laughs> last year... <laughs> Last year, I wasn't just a player. Oh, I was if you also stop that, we'll play it again. I, I just want to sure. highlight Jeff McDonald's laugh in the background because I think just Wemby saying a bad word caught Jeff McDonald from the Express News completely off guard. And my favorite is he starts to laugh, and then it sinks in, and you hear it increase. Absolutely. Let's hear it. Let's hear it. Sorry for inter- interrupting, Wemby. It's changed from my days in France for sure because... I got to worry about a, a ton of less stuff. <laughs> last year, last year I wasn't just a player; I was also a, a GM. You know, I had to make sure the, the the floor was clean before we had to practice. I had to make sure my teammates were lifting. I mean, I mean, I had to make sure of a whole lot of other stuff. So now it's I'm really I'm really more free, and uh, I'm really you know. When I come in the morning, I know there's going to be physios and coaches to take care of me, no matter the, the hour of the day. And so I gotta, I gotta, again, I can, I get my mind is is a, is more at rest than last year. It, 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 I love that. That was all good. You didn't enhance that second laugh at all, pledge. That's McDonald. That is all Jeff and all his glory. Make sure you save that next time Jeff McDonald is on the blitz. We'll 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 have that for him. That's good stuff. Frank Harris. Quarterback of the UTSA Roadrunners joins us next on the Blitz here on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. Back here on the Blitz here on 94.1 at San Antonio Sports Star. Joe Reinagle on vacation. I'm Jason Minix, but joined now by UTSA quarterback Frank Harrison. And Frank, I mean, I watched you walk in. You're looking pretty good. How, how, how are you feeling? Everybody wants to know as you guys get ready to take on Temple. <laughs> yes, sir. Uh, appreciate y'all having me. Um, I'm definitely feeling a lot better. And I'm um, just getting better each and every day, and I'm just excited to, to keep going through that process. I, I think about everything that you have gone through, and and I've been broadcasting, talking about you, it feels like, for a decade. I mean, <laughs> you, you go back to high school, you know, that 2015 playoff game against Johnson, you single-handedly <laughs> won that game, and your senior year you get hurt, and you've dealt with injuries. Does that make it easier to deal with an injury like what you're going through right now, missing that game at Tennessee? You know, it's never easy going through injury. You always want to go out there and play football. And like you said, I missed so much football through my whole playing career. It's just frustrating that something like a toe could take you out for so long. <laughs> um, but, I mean, God does everything for a reason. And like you said, going back, I've been dealing with it my whole life uh, that, you know, a toe is not that big of a deal. So um, it's much easier to, to fight through and not get in your head about. You think about a toe, right? <laughs> I remember back in the day, I used to, on the radio, give Deion Sanders so much crap when he played for the Cowboys for missing games because of turf toe. And then I broke a toe one time. 
And you realize just how no important doubt. that is. I remember my dog would walk by, I'd be in the recliner, and the dog's tail would hit my toe, and I'd come out of the chair. No so, doubt. I, I mean, who would have thought <laughs> that the toe would no be doubt. that, right? No doubt, for sure. But, you know, here you are feeling feeling better. I know when we talked to Jeff Trailer on Monday, as we do every Monday here on the Blitz, uh, he said game time decision, but, you know, this week in practice, working all all of the quarterbacks in there, but the anticipation is we'll see you on, on the field at Lincoln Financial Field. Well, for sure. You know, I want to go out there and play. I was trying to play the last couple of games. Um, that was actually Coach's decision. He didn't want to put me out there, but at the end of the day, Coach has the best um, head for you. He doesn't want you to go out there and injure yourself even more. So uh, um, I've been practicing last week, and I practiced this week as well, but Coach said if I limped at, at any point in time during practice or, or pregame that I wasn't playing, so um, I'm going to be a game time decision. Hopefully I don't limp uh, and I go out there and play. All right, so uh, now for the record, Jeff Trailer. No limp walking in. Uh, none. Um, do you consciously think about that when well, you when you see Coach Trailer? Like, is is it almost like you know, you know, when you're doing something in a you know, go back to high school, you know, your your parents walk in the room or or you know, something like that. I mean, are you conscious of I can't limp in front of the coach? Well, I told him I'm like, honestly, without even being injured or hurt, I always I already walk bad. So I already got a natural limp. So I told Coach that, and he already knows. So he's trying to differentiate what is me being hurt and what my regular walk is. Uh, so I think that kind of helps me out as well. He knows your regular walk. It's it bad. ain't normal. It's so not when, normal. When, 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 it, when, it's, when it's less than normal, exactly. normal uh, I, I think it's recognizable. Now, I, the relationship that it seems like you have with Coach Trailer is – seemingly a little deeper and maybe even more special than most player-coach relationships. Is that just the longevity that you've had with him at this point or just the two people, you guys are just perfect for each other? I think it's a little bit of both. He always talks about trust is truth over time. Um, he's a trustworthy guy. He's a man of his word. He knows I am as well. So I just respect him a ton. He respects me a ton. He's been around him for so long. Um, he's kind of just like a father figure slash kind of an uncle and kind of talk to him about whatever. Um, but he, he's older as well, so he's like a father figure as well. He's always there for, for me and my teammates, for whatever we need. Um, talk about life, always gives us wisdom. Each and every team meeting, he drops some knowledge on us um, to help us in the real world, and it which just means a lot to us that he's preparing us for the real world and, and becoming a man. And, and as we visit with Frank Harris here on the Blitz on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star, when it is a coach's decision, how difficult is that? for you as a player or maybe for him as a coach, like at the Tennessee game. I imagine you wanted to go out there and play in that big SEC stadium yeah. in front of 100,000 people. Um, and if that was a game-time decision, you were preparing all week to go play and then to be told no. What yeah. is that like? Uh, well, honestly, he didn't want me to finish the game versus Texas State. Uh, like I said, he has the best interest for you. Um, but when results came back during that time on my x-rays, that it was negative, nothing was wrong. Um, but he did not want me to go out there and play. I finished the game. And uh, he called me in Sunday night and was like, you're not playing these next couple games. I'm like, what do you mean you're not playing? He's like, you're not playing. I'm like, why? He's like, I'm not putting you out there if you're not ready. And you're not ready because you're limping. Um, I actually want to play against Army really bad. Uh, you know, uh, Max Dinamenico, I grew up with him since he was a little kid. And, you know, we've anticipating this game for a long time. And it's unfortunate I wasn't able to play that game. And, you know, I didn't play the Tennessee game as well. I wanted to play against SEC school. It would have been very exciting. Um, but like I said, I know at the end of the day he has my best interest, so I just got to listen to him. He's going to take care of me. And I mean, if it was up to me, I, I probably would never miss a game in my life. But um, probably in the long term, I probably wouldn't be beneficial. So 
whatever coach says goes, and I respect him, and I know he's going to look out for me. Let's go back to Texas State because it looked bad. I mean, I was there. <laughs> it, it looked bad, and and I felt so bad for you. And then to watch you come back out and you your mobility. I mean, you, you could barely walk out there. <laughs> Where does that inner drive come from just to go out there and fight through whatever it is you were fighting through? Because I imagine, you know, the pain was there, but then also trying to play, knowing you couldn't play the way Frank Harris plays. You know, I just could let my teammates down. I mean, I love those guys. Um, I have all the faith in those guys. They have all the faith in me. And I just felt like uh, a toe. I'm not going to go out because of a toe. And, you know, when, when it happened, it didn't initially hurt as bad that when I came back in, you know, the first play and I went back down. Um, that's when I knew something was wrong. That, it hurt pretty bad. But I went in during halftime, got a shot up, um, and tried to go out there the best that I could. Um, coaches asked me if I could run the ball. I'm like, just call the plays. We're going to figure it out on the fly. So uh, he called a couple nakeds. Uh, he called a couple run plays. Um, didn't really run as well as I wanted to, but I'm just like, just call the playbook like you want to call it, and then I'll figure it out somehow, some way. And, that's what we did, and we come out victorious. So I just got to give credit to him and the coaching staff for just letting him go out there and play. And it was such an incredible win, right? Yeah, it and, was. And, and right now, this season hasn't gone the way many thought it would over the last couple of years. And I think about, you know, what you and your teammates have done winning back to back Conference USA championships and really taking UTSA football to a level that quite honestly, when they started the program, we didn't think we would see as fans in the community, as sports media types, for another 10, 15, 20 years, if ever. No doubt. I, I mean, when you sit back, do you, have you allowed yourself to sit back and say, I was a big part of that? Uh, not yet. I feel like I'm still in the moment. I'm still part of the program, still part of this team, still trying to go out there and make history. So uh, probably after this season, I'll probably sit back and, and look back and, and think of all the crazy memories that – you know, we had a UTSA and what we did for the city and for the program, and uh, it probably mean a lot. But honestly, for myself, I don't look at myself like that. So when I hear people talk about me or UTSA, um, it kind of just blows me away because I just feel like I'm a normal person um, that just plays football, and it's just normal when football is over with. So um, just getting the love and support from the city of San Antonio and how they love you know UTSA football as a whole it definitely means a lot for us, and we don't take it lightly. You know, I think a big part of that is you and your personality. Always smiling. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, you could run for mayor right now. <laughs> I, I was at an event with you a couple weeks ago with the Salvation Army, and I think you probably took more pictures than, I don't know, the guy that plays for the Spurs. <laughs> oh, killed it. <laughs> yeah, I, oh, killed it. I wasn't going to throw him. But, yeah, I mean, I, no, I, you he's, know. He's definitely bigger than me. I, I mean, I, well, I mean, but but honestly, I think you you – you took more pictures. Uh, you, you, more people wanted to to talk to you, and it, well, you were wearing a boot too. So I think there was a curiosity <laughs> factor. But, but I think you know you're at, you're at that level with a spur. I, I'm not going to go Wemby, but I think outside <laughs> of Wemby, you're probably that right there. Yeah, it's just, it, it's pretty special. Uh, it's just crazy, you know, to to actually get that kind of support. Because um, like I said, I don't see myself like that. And then the Spurs, they're you know professional team, and just getting love like that. Um, at a college program level, is it just means a lot, and uh, definitely cherish those moments. Frank Harris joining us here on the Blitz here on ninety four one San Antonio Sports Star opening conference play on the road at Temple. It, it's the AAC, and I think about you know you've been there at UTSA what now twenty eight years? 20, <laughs> no, no, it, it feels that way at times. No I doubt. imagine even for you, I mean sixteen master's degrees is impressive. <laughs> but when you when you look at it and you think about the AAC, 
where this program was when you got to campus and where it is now. How cool is it to know you're playing uh, the first ever AAC game? Yeah, it's like a night and day difference. You know, when I first got there, um, I think we won six games. The season after that, I think we won maybe four. Season after that, maybe four games as well. So, you know, we had losing season, losing records. Um, just to see us where we are now, you know, two back-to-back conference championship means a lot. And then moving to another conference um, is such a short notice with the program. We haven't been there that long. Uh, it just means a lot that this program could keep going, keep on building up and just the love and support from the city. Uh, we definitely feed off of it and it helps us keep growing. Well, and the idea that you guys belong in that conversation and have worked your way faster than most thought into that conversation. You're playing a Temple team uh, this weekend, Saturday in Philadelphia, that's been around playing football for a long time, playing at Lincoln Financial Field. So you get to play at an NFL stadium. Yeah. Uh, second time in UTSA's history that they've done that. Is there an is there still an awe factor when you walk out onto a football field uh, with as many games that you have under your belt? Uh, is that still kind of cool? Like, hey, man, it's Lincoln Financial Field. No doubt. I mean, you got to cherish the moment. Um, can't let it go by you. So, you know, we played against Texas. I mean, that was a crazy feeling. I went out there. Um, I mean, it was unbelievable the amount of people that was there um, to come watch us play. I mean, it's kind of spectacular that it, it means that much to them. Um, that was pretty cool. And I definitely going to cherish the moment as well when we go out there playing in an NFL stadium, going to walk out there and kind of just look around, um, just embrace the moment. I mean, football is just a game, so you got to have fun with it. Uh, and then, you know, one of these days I'll probably look back and say, you know, I'll play at a Philadelphia stadium. Um, so i got to just cherish those moments when I'm there. All right, so it's a business trip, but it is Philadelphia. you got to get yourself a cheesesteak. Oh, 100%. I'm well, definitely getting a cheesesteak. Right, so you got to learn the vernacular, the, the, the terminology, because I know Jeff Trailer told us a story on Monday about when he was up there watching his kid coach the Saints against the Eagles and he didn't know what he wanted and he asked. And you just don't do that in Philadelphia. That's Coach Trailer for you. <laughs> well, it's exactly right. <laughs> um, uh, with cheese with or, or, or without? Cheese for sure. Uh, absolutely. And, and you got to say it, with, with, with cheese with. Now, everybody's going to want to go to Geno's and Pat's. Okay. that That's touristy. Okay. Uh, that That's like, you know, somebody comes to San Antonio for the first time and you say, man, there's good Mexican food on the Riverwalk. Right, yep. you, you know that ain't true. <laughs> uh, I mean, it, it ain't bad, but it's really expensive no rice and beans. I mean, there's no so doubt. many better places no doubt. To, to go. Uh, in South Philly, I'm not sure where you guys are staying, but probably somewhere close to the stadium we in are. South South Philly. Uh, there's a place called Ishka Bibbles. Ooh, that's tough. Ishka Bibbles. Ishka Bibbles. Yeah, take me that one. <laughs> yeah, well, I'll, I'll text it to you, but I mean, you start just start with Ish, and it will populate. All right, cool. Or and I don't think you'll be close enough to go to the Reading Terminal, but there's some really cool places in there. Just when somebody says go to Geno's and Pat's, if you're allowed out, because uh, I know the rules when you guys are traveling, yep. the coaches' rules, right? They the don't want you to, no to go out. Everybody wants to go get their picture at Geno's and Pat's. I get that, but that that can't be your cheesesteak experience. All right. I'm going to trust you on yeah, yeah, I won't steer you wrong when it comes <laughs> to food and places like that. It's it's uh, going to be cool for you guys to go get that first yep. A win in the American, then the following week, finally back home with that UAB home game. It feels like it's been a while since yeah, you guys man. have been in It'll the be dome. Three weeks. Has it only been three weeks? Yeah, Tennessee, uh, bye week, and then Temple, and then we're back home. Yeah, you see, it's because they had that Friday game. Oh, yeah, see, true. I'm not a fan of Friday games because no that's sacred for high school football. <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean? So, no yeah, I'll go back, you know. So, yeah, it, it's good times. Frank, man, I'm so happy for you. I appreciate I'm glad that. You're, glad you're healthier. Uh, officially a game-time decision for, for, for Saturday. Yes, sir. But if I know you, you're not going to limp at all. 
No, I'm definitely not going to limp. Um, so I'm just going to put all the faith in Coach, um, and he's going to make that decision. Um, but I think I'll be fine. Frank Harris here on the Blitz. Appreciate you stopping by, my friend. No doubt. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. Frank Harris, quarterback of the UTSA Roadrunners. Big game this week in Philadelphia against Temple. No limp. Watching. He's got a funny walk, but he's always had a funny walk. But no limp for Frank uh, leaving out of the studio. Good stuff with Frank. Good weekend for college football. And again, UTSA uh, Temple, that's going to be on one of your screens. The Red River Rivalry is going to be on one of your screens. And in the afternoon, you got Alabama and A&M. If you're running out of, of screens, just put on 94-1 and have the Aggie game on there with Andrew Monaco, the voice of the Aggies, 12th-ranked Alabama coming to town. Kickoff at 2.30, pregame set for 1.30. Here on your home for A&M football. 94-1 at San Antonio Sports Star. Presented by Just Potts, Ewald Kubota, ABC Home and Commercial Services, and the Angry Elephant there at 281 and Redland Road. The Texas Rangers complete the sweep of the Tampa Bay Devil Rays, that two-game wild card. That's all it took, another dominating performance by the Texas Rangers. I wasn't sure if they won yet or not. Then I heard that scream coming from Ryan in our digital department. It was one of those uh, happy screams that the bullpen held up because I know Ryan was was pacing uh, for for the uh, Rangers to close that thing out. Funny stat I saw that I didn't know until just seeing it. The Rangers had lost up to this game six straight series-clinching games in the playoffs. So a reason for Ryan to be nervous? Yeah. You can say that stat now. No, now, yeah. Now. We weren't going to talk about that during now because baseball rules you know superstitions you want to win something as well be caller number nine right now we got a pair of tickets to go see papa roach and shinedown and spirit box on october 9th monday out at the freeman coliseum the revolutions live tour you want to go caller number nine right now 210-656-ESPN 656-3776 if you don't win the tickets you can always buy them at liveatnation.com Cowboys with a big one on Sunday night against San Francisco. We'll talk about it next with Jane Slater from the NFL Network here on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. Joe Reinagle. That's the third time in seven seasons. The San Antonio Spurs are the NBA champions. Jason Minutes. They go back to big day as Super Bowl champions. Dallas 52, Buffalo 17. It's the Blitz on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. It is the Blitz here on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. Joe Reinagle on vacation. I'm Jason Minix. Big week for the Dallas Cowboys as they get ready to go back to the Bay Area. Sunday night football, they get the San Francisco 49ers. And I appreciate head coach Mike McCarthy not saying, you know, it's just another week, just another game during a regular season. Uh, I think it's like anything. You always want to be in balance. You know, I mean, it's obviously it's an important game. You know, you understand the history. I um, mean, there's obviously a lot of tradition uh, with this with this with this game. So, I mean, that's all part of it. Uh, you live, you live, you know, you live to play these kind of games. Uh, you dream about these kind of games. So, you don't want to make it bigger than it is. Uh, but, you know, it's, it's just not, it's just, you know, the reality is it's not just another game. It's not just another game. Let's talk about it. Jane Slater from the NFL Network joining us now on the Buyers Barricades guest line. 
It's a big one for a lot of reasons. Does it feel different around the complex this week? Absolutely. And I mean, it isn't just a game, Jason. If you think about it, I mean, these postseason losses have cost people jobs. And, you know, ultimately, if the Cowboys can't get past the 49ers, I think there's, you know, there's going to be a lot of questions in the postseason uh, because I think, you know, the front office has seemingly tried uh, to give them all the tools here, right? I mean, it cost essentially Kellen Moore's job uh, last season, and Dak Prescott, it's created a narrative that he can't lead this team uh, past the 49ers and going deep in, in the postseason. So, yeah, there's a lot of implications that come with this game. When you think about this matchup, in, in San Francisco, I test, they are the best team in the NFL right now. Over 30 points in every game, uh, they're, they're playing well. And, and, the, and the conversation, understandably, is about Dak Prescott. But is Sunday night more about what Dan Quinn does defensively? Absolutely. I mean, how do you shut down Brandon Ayuk, Debo Samuel, George Kittle, and then Christian McCaffrey, who, when we talked to Micah Parsons today, said, you know, this is a guy you have to really consider putting a DB on. Uh, you know, he's essentially a, a running back who plays wide receiver, a wide receiver who plays running back. I mean, they put him all over the field, and it was even Mike McCarthy who talked about the various positions that he lines up. And so how much attention do you give Christian McCaffrey at the risk of allowing a guy like George Kittle, Debo Samuel, or Brandon Ayuk to go off. So uh, I think it, as much as it's a big game defensively, I think that's why it's such a big game for the Cowboys because they need to be putting up at least 30 points to hang with these guys. You know, it's crazy because remember when this offense was built to score over 30 and then hope the defense could just get a stop and and yeah. how it's it feels like it's reversed a little, but in this game – you know, the defense needs to play at the level we expect to see the defense, but the offense has to maybe go win one, and that is something. And I know it's, you know, four games in, but like against Arizona, when the defense wasn't there, the offense didn't make up and cover up for the defense. And no excuses now, right? You've got a very healthy Michael Gallup. You've got a very healthy, very confident uh, C.D. Lamb. You went out and you got yourself a vertical threat that, I struggle with this because I was listening to an interview actually just a few minutes ago. It was Brad Shaman and Christy Scales, both, you know, the voice of the boys, uh, talking to Michael Gallup about Brandon Cooks and, and why aren't we seeing him more. And Michael, to paraphrase here, was essentially saying, you know, by just having him out there, he's a threat. Well, that's one thing to have him as a threat, but why not utilize him more? Uh, you know, I understand the West Coast offense is making sure that, you know, you're in a rhythm, you're getting, you know, these quick passes out um, so that you're third and you don't, you're not getting into third and 21 situations, third and 17. But I just don't feel like they fully utilize them. And even last week, I got to go look at my numbers real quick. You know, I, I talked to uh, Tony about this today, but, you know, what I don't feel so like CeeDee Lamb last week, four receptions for 36 yards, you know, obviously made it count the touchdown with Michael Gallup, he had five receptions, five receptions for 60 yards. They're spreading the ball around so much, and I keep going back to what I said to you. I think it was last year or the year before. You know, I had a coach in that building who, when we would watch the postseason, would text me and say, look at the 49ers, look at the Rams. They have the guy that they go to, Cooper Cup, Christian McCaffrey, Debo Samuel. And I just sometimes I wonder if maybe they – I get the idea of if you spread it out, you don't really know who to focus in on, but – I just sometimes I wonder if they spread it out a little bit too much. 
But they've gotten a little too cute with the play calling. Yeah, and, and I think that's way obvious when it comes to the red zone, but that's a whole other conversation as we visit with James <laughs> hey, they Slater. they used the fullback this week, though, Jason. They did. They did. And it worked. It, and when they win big, it's hard to focus in on one of four in the red zone. But I don't think they could be one of four in the red zone and kick field goals and beat San Francisco. Well, and that's the thing. And it's, But, you know, it's interesting because I was talking to someone about this last week. It's feeling like the beginning of last year, right, in the sense that a lot of your points, it seemingly came from the defense last year and, you know, from your kicker. Uh, which people forget that because of Maher's implosion in the postseason. But, you know, to your point, I just don't think you can continue to rely on, you know, defense and special teams to help you score. And so that's why, you know, this this thing with the offense, they, they've got to get it going. And it's hard because they're scoring, right? But it, 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 I don't understand what it, it feels like it's so hard for them sometimes. You know, I, you know I, the fact that they're 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 getting the ball down the field. I mean, we're talking multiple ten play drives. Like when I'm watching the game the other day, I'm like, you know, this is an exhausting ten play drive. They're running up the clock. They're winning the time of possession, and then they're having to settle for a field goal. Other than settling for the field goal, as we visit with Jane Slater from the NFL Network here on the Blitz, it does feel like exactly what Mike McCarthy told us in the off season. What we were seeing in Oxnard, the shorter passes, which isn't a lack of trust in Dak. That's more of the West Coast offense philosophy. And I, listening to Brian Schottenheimer talk yesterday about Dak being patient and a check down is good because you can get Tony Pollard or Rico Dattle in space. That's what you want. I, I go back as frustrated as, as frustrating as fans seem to be and talk show hosts for that matter. This is exactly what Mike McCarthy said this offense was going to be, and he said it might take about five games before it really starts to click. Well, here we are in week five. Well, and so we'll we'll see how it progresses. I mean, I do think, and I've gotten a sense, that they're still trying to fill out their personnel, right? Like, they don't have a Zeke on this roster. Uh, you know, I think Tony Pollard obviously has had a big year, fifth most uh, rushing yards in the league. Um, but who is – who? Do we think Malik Davis is that guy behind him? Rico Dowdle. I mean, I think, you know, Deuce Vaughn has shown us some really great flashes. They've used Kevontae Turpin in that role. But, you know, I'll be interested to see if the trade deadline, if they do something there. And I'm not saying that to put that out there because I've heard something, because I know sometimes people, and I've done it before, you know, you kind of put a theory out there because you've heard whispers. I haven't heard anything along those lines. But I just wonder if they're comfortable enough with what they have in the running backs room. Uh and then I, I just – I literally want to see them start utilizing, you know, the, the passing game a little bit more. Uh, we've seen Jalen Tolbert step up, which I thought he looked really solid last week. And, you know, again, CeeDee Lamb and all these guys. And I'm just like, man, I just – the passing game from three years ago with Kellen Moore, when they had those 3,000-yard 3, uh, season between the three of them was pretty impressive. It's just they're really spreading the ball out sometimes, and I get the gamesmanship of it, but I just wonder how long you can, how long, how sustainable that is. I'm with you, and 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 Jane, while you're not hearing whispers about the running back room, I do think that it it, it they've got to believe. I I you know, and we'll have Stephen Jones on tomorrow. I'll ask him, but I kind of know what the answer will be. But <laughs> you know, with Rico Dowdle, and it looks like the hip injury isn't significant just to Bruce, although he didn't practice today. Um, the depth behind Tony Pollard isn't there. 
And I, I'm kind of done with the Deuce Vaughn experiment. I mean, watching him play a lot in the fourth quarter against New England, uh, I, I don't know, what what can Malik Davis do different, or is there somebody else out there that they could go get? Well, and they always say scouting is 365, 24-7. So, uh you know, I don't think they're going to go out there and call the Colts, even though Chris Ballard and Stephen Jones are good friends. I don't think they're going to go out there and, you know, offer anything for Jonathan Taylor. So I don't think it's going to be something like that. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I obviously have some concern. I mean, it, you felt good last year having Zeke and Tony on the roster. And I'm not saying Zeke is the answer, but I just, it almost feels like they try to do this sort of running back com- by committee thing that they did with the wide receivers. And it didn't work that one year. And then remember yep. during the bye week, they went out and got Amari Cooper. So, I do wonder if they're sort of scanning the waiver wires, seeing what's out there um, as it relates to that running back room, because that does feel like a piece that's missing for this team right now. It, it really does. And I mean, I'm, you know, it's spaghetti on the wall, but the Jets say that Brees Hall is no longer on a pitch count. Dalvin Cook really hasn't done anything there. And with no yeah. Aaron Rodgers, where are they going to go? And that might be a, a pretty nice little piece that might help, I don't know, in the red zone. Yeah, and like I said, maybe start getting Hunter Lefty a little bit more involved, right? Uh, we talked about that last week. I said, why are we going? Uh, it, it, I was actually tracking it this week. I was like, here we go again, tight end, tight end, tight end in the red zone. And I'm like, why are we not using the fullback? And so we finally saw that, I believe, in the fourth quarter last week. So maybe we'll start seeing Hunter uh, get utilized. I was actually surprised we, they showed him last week, given the score of the game, because why show that look ahead of the 49ers? Very true. Uh, interesting stuff. As you know, Dak, after the big win over New England, you know, was asked by Todd Archer and he gave the, you know, <laughs> you're going to piss me off already. And he wants to be. Are you seeing a different Dak? Because, you know, Dak's great on the podium, but a lot of cliches. But it seems like this year he's he's getting a little off of that at times. And I like that as as just a fan. I liked seeing that from Dak Prescott. Well, I can imagine it's annoying that every time – I mean, I literally was just – I just had the TV on, and it's, I swear to God, Fox loves to talk Dak Prescott. Like, it's their favorite thing on – whether it be Colin Coward, Speak, uh, Undisputed, Get Up, our own network, NFL Network, we're just as guilty. Dak just feels like low-hanging fruit as it relates to, you know, interceptions, et cetera. Now, I'm sitting there going, I mean, Josh Allen's got interceptions. Uh Joe Burrow's not playing as well as he should this year. But yet, for whatever reason, Dak is an easy target. And I think it's, you know, obviously it's the winning component, but I also feel like it's a little bit of a monkey on his back, particularly when it applies to the 49ers. I mean, I didn't think Brock Purdy played his best game on the road last year in that divisional game. But Dak didn't Dak didn't look great at all in that one. And that was coming off of, you know, the huge win over the Bucks when the week before – They had lost to Sam Howell in the Commanders, and everyone said he's washed. So I just I wish there was a little bit more consistency with Dak because as much as we say, you know, some of these interceptions aren't on him, there's a story, agreed, but some of this is on Dak. And it's year eight, and, you know, I know he wants, you know, the contract extension, but, you know, I I just – I wonder if the Cowboys are looking at the Danny Dimes situation where they're locked in now for, what, $120 And I'm not even, and before this goes viral, I'm not even comparing Daniel Jones to Dak Prescott. But it, it, what it reminds me of is when we started talking about Zeke's contract in relation to uh, Todd Gurley's. Remember, I brought this up multiple times. 
Todd Gurley didn't deserve Todd Gurley money. Todd Gurley gets it. And then the year after that, he's in Atlanta and now he's out of the league. And then I think they kind of learned the hard way that Zeke wasn't as productive as they might have wanted him to be when they extended that deal. So I just wonder if they're looking at the Daniel Jones thing and saying to themselves, man, they're locked in for four years and look where that's getting them. Well, that's it. I mean, because, it's... It, because it costs everything around you, right? Like you're having that's money that doesn't go to Micah Parsons. That that's money that doesn't go to a, you know, the next guy that's up uh, your offensive line, which they're going to have to keep addressing because Tyron Smith seemingly can't stay healthy. And now you've got Zach Martin popping up with issues. Like, We've been talking about that offensive line for a while about how, you know, the injuries have really nipped them in the bud. Uh, absolutely. And sometimes the best deals are the ones you don't do. Randy Gregory comes to mind. He he didn't get Not a deal happening. in Dallas, goes to Denver. He got released today. Um, yeah, you know. I put out a text. Yep. I, I reached out. I always have to do my due diligence. And I was told, actually, I'll read it to you right now. Uh, one second. Because that was the first thing I thought of. Obviously, my my initial instinct is that didn't end well. Uh, his agent, Peter Schaefer, left a bit of a mess here in Dallas when they finalized that deal. Uh, but I was I said odds of a Randy Gregory reunion, and the quote back that I got from one of my sources was, "Don't see it right now." Fair enough. Fair, and, yeah. and quite honestly, not surprised. And. I don't necessarily know, as long as Mike is healthy. I mean, because I was nervous when he was limping around early in the game. If he's healthy, I don't think you need a a, a Randy Gregory reunion when there's other needs, like, I don't know, in the running back. Some dude texted our uh, text line and says, Cowboys should target Cordell Patterson in Atlanta. Uh, that that would be nice, too. I mean, I think there's a lot of other places to go look for help. Bringing Randy Gregory back ain't one of them. James Conner. Someone threw out James Conner, which I thought was kind of interesting. Uh, I agree with you. Look, I love Randy Gregory as a person, even though it was a little bit of a roller coaster experiment in Dallas. But I think what the Cowboys have done very well in the last two years is being really smart about the free agents that they've brought in here. And I, I just don't know how Randy would fit into this group now. You know, like I feel like there's, this group is as tight as I've seen that locker room. It's very reminiscent of 2016 uh, with the rookie class. And so I think they're going to be very careful with whoever they add to the mix. But I, I just don't see Brady Gregory being that guy right now. I mean, Jerry Jones, I was once told when I kicked him off with my defensive report, uh, Mike Nolan's year as defensive coordinator, I was really, really worried. And, and to pull the curtain back, honestly, I mean, Jerry was livid about that. Um, and I was told you could pee on Jerry's leg, but eventually he'll forgive you. That's an, a real quote coming from somebody. Eventually he did forgive me, but I do feel like that Randy Gregory stuff was raw for him in the sense that I don't think people realized how much Jerry and the Jones family did behind the scenes for Randy. And then to see him go to Denver the way that he did, it really rubbed him the wrong way. Yeah. Yeah. He ain't coming back. James yeah, Slater from the NFL Network. Watch her on the NFL Network. Follow her at Slater NFL. Jane, always appreciate it. We'll talk to you next week, hopefully talking about a Cowboys win over San Francisco. Let's hope so. I can't handle the meltdown otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> Either way, it's good for business. Jane, enjoy the rest of your week.
Thanks, Jason. Bye. Appreciate it. Jane Slater from the NFL Network again. Cowboys Niners Sunday night here on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. Here are the Cowboys broadcast with Brad Sham right here on 94.1. Presented by AA Best Bail Bonds, Mother's Window Tent, Woods Comfort Systems, Ewald Kubota, and the Law Office of Jesse Hernandez. You'll hear the national broadcast of Thursday Night Football Sunday night over on ESPN AM 1250, brought to you by Flight by Yingling. Wemby Talk today. We'll hear from the Spurs rookie coming up here on the Blitz on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. Fumble. That's a fumble. Sorry about that. There's no Thursday night football tonight. You didn't hear that promo, Pledge? That promo said Thursday night football tonight. A Bears and Commander. Brought to you by Flight by Yingling. Good Lord, that's tomorrow. We don't need to see there. It's not tonight. I, I wish they'd put that at like 3 o'clock in the morning. What a great Thursday night game that's going to be tomorrow. Bears, Commanders, brought to you by Flight by Yingling. That's tomorrow night here on 94.1 at San Antonio's Sports Star. But it is a good reminder that there is NFL football tomorrow. Um, yes, the Bears still count as NFL football. So you get the week started on a Thursday. So for our A Awesome Tickets Pro Football Pick'em Challenge, you need to go to sasportstar.com and get your picks in for the week because weekly winners get a $50 gift card to Five Oaks Ace Hardware over there on Thousand Oaks. At the end of the year, the grand prize winner gets uh, $1,000 towards of uh, tickets from uh, A Awesome Tickets to whatever you want to go to. Maybe you want to go see U2 at the Sphere in Vegas. You want to go to a Cowboy playoff game, a uh, Spurs game, you know, whatever you want, $1,000 worth of tickets from A Awesome Tickets. Before we get into the Spurs and Wemby, Pledge says we still have WWE tickets to give away. You want to go see SmackDown on Friday, October 20th at the Frostbank Center? Just be caller number 12 right now, 210-656-ESPN, 656-3776. Caller 12, you win tickets to go see SmackDown. If you don't win them, buy them at LiveNation.com. The Spurs, two days into training camp. Uh, Interesting listening to Wemby because it's his first NBA training camp. The guy has a lot to learn, and a lot of that is starting on the defensive side. Everything is coming very, very fast. Um, I'm saying uh, what's coming fast is the, all the information, the new set plays, the, the principles. There's a lot, a lot of stuff that I, I've never seen before that I don't know. And it's, it's hard, but it's, uh, you got to be focused when, when you're on the court because <laughs> you, you lose attention one second, you're, you're screwed for the next uh, 15 minutes. <laughs> Might be a dumb question, but is there like homework involved? Do you have to take like playbooks home or film or anything like that to sort of um, catch up? It's really, it's really uh, personal. It really depends from one another. But it's honestly, it's I've talked about uh, the coaches about yeah, getting more information, and they they keep telling me to to not worry that it's gonna come naturally because like it's gonna be it's gonna come eventually. It, it's gonna come eventually. And one of the things that I like about what he what he said there is. His head's got to be spinning. He wants more, but they're slowing it down. Because if you lose focus for a second, you're you're lost, which probably means you're going to get yelled out by Greg Popovich, which, according to Wemby, has happened. If you screw up at one point, 
on something the coach told the coach told you specifically to not, specifically to not do or to do. It's everybody on the line. You run a you run a full court down and back or something else. Depends on how depends on the mood of the coach. <laughs> has, uh, has Pop yelled at you yet? Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's it came later than I expected, but yeah, finally. <laughs> Have you I'm, been to blame? I'm glad he yelled at me. Have you been to blame for the whole team running yet? Uh, I, don't, I don't think so. No. All right, uh, he's been yelled at. Um, but has Pop gone Serbian on him yet? And I and I, I appreciate you could tell just by the way Wimby answered that question. He's heard wonderful stories from Tony Parker and probably Boris Diaw, and he probably wanted to get it out of the way early. And I don't know, maybe Pop planned to get it out of the way early, but it does look like Tim Duncan, Wemby doesn't mind being coached hard. And you heard him. It came later than I expected. So I don't know. Maybe he was expecting it in the first 10 minutes. Uh, it, it took a little while. It's going to be fun to see how this thing actually plays out between uh, the Spurs with, with Wemby on the roster. Early release day for us here on this Wemby Wednesday on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. Arizona and Milwaukee, they've got game two coming up tonight, uh, coming up next after Arizona took the opener last night 6-3. to If you're just getting by the radio, the Texas Rangers swept Tampa Bay. They won earlier today 7-1 to advance to the ALDS, sweeping the two-game series there with Tampa Bay.